Oh, hey, y'all. It's uh, 12th of April, giving you a date, time, space continuum to start the show. Uh, we are getting ready to crank it up here. Scheduled permitting, Dr. John Witcher shall be joining us, an integrated physician from Mississippi, running for governor of Mississippi. And he'll be with me at the event that the doctors, Terry and Stu Warner, are hosting. And that's going to be at the upcoming events tab. That's the end of this month, 28th through 30th of April. We've got a lot of other upcoming events. I hope you'll check them out at robertscottbell.com. We also have Ty Bollinger going outside the box in hour two of the United States and world of health talk radio, I used to say, but it's all online too. So however you get it, I'm glad you're here. Share the show, robertscottbell.com slash listen. Let us know you're in the chat room and let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Well, the emergency is sort of officially over. Did you see that? Did you hear that? We were telegraphing that that was going to happen inevitably, eventually, but did it really end? The emergency. What emergency am I talking about? Well, yeah, name it, right? Name the one. Obviously, the COVID emergency. I think that would be the one that we're opening with today, right? Just recently, uh, Biden signed the, uh, the thing that was sent to his desk to end the national emergency uh, declaration. How many days? 1,135 days which every time I say that, and I don't remember the number it was from that Broadway musical Rent. Wasn't there like a song? Something about a bunch of thousands of days. I, I It was kind of a melancholy, sad, annoying song, but so was the emergency. Was it about perhaps about minutes and not days? Yeah, it could have been minutes. It, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a song called Seasons of Love. Oh. Uh, is that it? That, that talks about 525,600 minutes. Yeah, could be. That's it. Yeah. Obviously, okay. I'm, you know, I'm such a Broadway uh, buff. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Showtunes, you are. There, yes. There is a Neil Diamond musical on Broadway called Beautiful Noise. I'd, I'd see that. No. They don't just call it noise. <laughs> did you wake up on the wrong side of the, ro- the road <laughs> i'm in a weird mood today i don't know i've been talking to myself all morning so Have watch you out now. watch yeah, out watch out too so yeah. anyway 1135 days of a uh, state of emergency and how many things did you give up during your state of emergency not mine or yours but you know what i'm saying this united states declared state of emergency which as i point out many times over the years much to your annoyment that in 1933, there was an established emergency resulting also in a banking emergency. Oh, that sounds like a history could be repeating soon. Uh, An emergency declaration because of the bankruptcy of the United States. And there have been emergencies that have been in effect since I think the end of the so-called civil war, the rise of the progressivist movement, the progressive era, the fundamental violations of the limitations placed on our government by the Constitution. Read the authoritarians, you'll understand by Jonathan E. Moore. You'll know what I'm talking about. And now, you know, one emergency after another after another. And in recent times, of course, was it post 9 11 Superdon? You know, emergency declarations, Patriot Act, 
so many yeah, we, we we yeah. uh we learned about that together today didn't we mm-hmm. and i thought it was interesting that you know the emergency use authorization thing uh was born I, out of I, post 9-11 post 9-11 yeah and it was used uh initially i think they brought it up because of the anthrax Remember when there was 9-11 and there were like somebody was sending anthrax to somebody and whatever, you know, and envelopes and whatever. And uh, and so they they initiated it. Then it was used uh, during the H1N1 scare. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, it really hasn't been used much at all. I thought it was something that had been around for a long time. I didn't realize it originated with 9-11. Yeah, well, so a lot of things did. I mean, it took emergency states, uh, if you will, or states of emergency to ne- next horrible levels. And, you know, many, as we see how the political left has fallen, you know, lock, stock, and barrel for states of emergency in COVID, uh, the political right fell for it, lock, stock, and barrel, and many, you know, across the spectrum after, nine, you know, the 9-11 event. And yet, still, there is no escape clause in the Constitution. As I keep saying, just as there's no escape clause, if you follow the Bible, if you believe in it, you're like, there's not an emergency escape clause. Because when you have an emergency, a genuine one, much less the fictitious ones, you don't abandon the principles that guide you in your life, you know, to live, you know, a a good life, to live a life that I won't say filled with safety because safety is not guaranteed in this life. But the idea that we would believe that the entirety of our, our country is based on safety. And if we're not safe, then the government has to proclaim itself new, declare itself having new powers that were not initially enumerated and we're still falling for it. And, and how much of this will precipitate, let's say uh, active engagement in Ukraine against Russia, active engagement in Taiwan against China, kinetic activity. You mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But what would they say then? As we covered yesterday in the opening of the show, Super Don, the uh, World Council on Vaccines or something, World Congress on Vaccines, World Vaccine Congress, mm-hmm. and their entire reason for being is to establish how do we stop what we call, what they call, misinformation from happening? How do we, basically, how do we censor our opponents? How do we stop them from reaching the public, the, the people that we want to maintain control over? How do we stop them? Not, hey, we've got to do better at communicating what we think is correct, truthful, accurate, and scientific. Right. <laughs> because they can't, but it's how do we stop information that we don't approve of from getting out to the public? So what is the ultimate way to do that? A state of emergency. And what is the next state of emergency since this one just ended, theoretically, if not actually? Isn't it a, a, you know undeclared war again? Could be. State of emergency. Terrorist, terrorist China, attack, Russia, right? Anything. And then suddenly it's like, well, uh, this is a, a matter of national security that we can't have you, RSB or T- TMB, Ty Bollinger, or any of our friends speaking out about uh, matters of public health urgency because, hey, you know, if the, Chi- if the Chinese, uh, Chinese uh, Communist Party decides, hey, we're going to go in, send the troops into Taiwan, who's to say that they won't also say, well, they're engaged in some kind of biological warfare tied to COVID that now we have to shut down any dissension uh, of, of perspective on how to protect ourselves. Like again, bring back the MRNA jabs. I mean, I don't think I'm at all talking out of turn. And if anything, you know, making horrible predictions that I don't want to see come to pass, but how vulnerable are we? If 
a significant portion of the public just goes along with it. What about the mask issue? Oh, I'm not going to die on that hill. But if we had just not worn the masks, they would have had to back down on all of the mask mandates. And I get why people say, I don't want to you know, die on that hill because you, you wanted to function in some way, shape or form. But again, what is the future? What does the future hold when you are shown to be so weak and willing just to be able to, again, I, I'm not saying that I'm perfect in that realm either, but these are the considerations moving forward. Are we more free now that Biden has signed the end of the declaration based on, I think a month early, the Republicans in Congress said, hey, let's just end this thing. Hey, are he didn't we, fight it. Free? He didn't fight it. Um, well, it would have been I, even more. Well, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think it was, he, I think, you know, what you got is, is some political maneuvering going on there because a, uh, one month early. Okay. Mm -hmm. I guess that's better than nothing. Right. You know, it should have been a year ago or two years ago, but mm -hmm. you know, the, the GOP was able to score a point and see we did it early. See, yeah. Biden, on the other hand, had he tried to veto that thing, it really would not have looked good for him. No, either. not at all. But yeah, but Tim Kaine, funny enough, the opponent of, of Jonathan Newmold, <laughs> yeah. uh, in for the U.S. Senate race in Virginia, is, he voted like, against oh, we, it. We yeah. got to stop. You know, we need this emergency a little bit longer. Um, that doesn't bode well for him. And that's fine. But the states of emergency, the emergency declarations, there's no escape clause in the Constitution. I repeat it. Why? Because until it's embedded into the American DNA, we're going to fall prey to the next one and the next one and the next one until you push back and say, no, 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 you don't get to do that anymore. We will not comply. We will nullify, right? And that's uh, something I, I hope and pray more and more Americans will wake up and realize the only way to push back is, and this is not to discount that there are, are good people that are trying to run for office in various levels of government from local to state to national or federal, but we must rely first and foremost on our own actions, our own behavior to make the shift, to make the change. And, you know, if, if the uh, emergency is really over, you know what should be gone? PCR tests for COVID. Even the so-called spit tests for COVID, uh, I don't know, they call them some kind of antibody tests, are also emergency use authorizations. They've not been validated. They have not been uh, sanctioned via full licensure. And so are they still on the market? I, I don't know. Anybody out there know if you can still get a PCR test for COVID now that the emergency is over? Because those were emergency use authorization tests, never standardized, never fully licensed by the FDA because, well, let's face it, they have no standard except for various deviations that are not standard, substandard. <laughs> so the test for COVID are they still out on the market? Are they still being sold? And would they not be illegal now? Or is there still an emergency going under HHS that doesn't concern itself with whether Biden signed into so-called law, a repeal or a, re a reversal of the COVID emergency? How many days later? 1,135 days later. And are we a, a healthier country after that COVID state of emergency? No, it, it was disastrous on every level. The state of emergency resulted in more deaths than would have occurred, I, I think, by a factor of, I don't know what number I'd throw in there, but any number I throw in there might not be enough. By a huge factor, the inability to utilize the substances that physicians, God bless those doctors that actually use some, things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine in conjunction with other things, zinc, vitamin C, and other things. 
Although I wish they would have paid attention to the copper issue, the copper deficiency. But hey, I'll give them credit for what they did. And how about all the homeopaths and naturopaths and herbalists that were right, that were correct, and that are correct consistently on these issues of uh, immunology, how to prevent disease? My goodness, we're still not invited to the table of discussion on public health policies. And they're still going after the physicians who dared to stray from the COVID narrative and succeeded in, in helping patients with it, you know, without killing them. Imagine that we helped our patients. How did you do that? We didn't kill them. Well, it's a, it's a low bar, <laughs> but we got to start somewhere, right? Can't have that. Yeah. I mean, and, and we got good docs that have stepped up, you know, in their own right heroes, uh, to stand against the kind of, uh, uh you know, oppressive, uh, let's say uh, prohibitions and restrictions on freedom of speech that I've uh, encountered as a homeopath for you know almost 30 years. And the physicians had some level of freedom uh, by going off label. Never was much of a controversy unless it was super Don getting annoyed with it. <laughs> but for the most part, they're like, yeah, you get to do that. You're a physician, you're licensed in that way. And, uh, and so then they finally, you know, uh, came to the conclusion that, you know, the remdesivir and the vents were deadly. Maybe there's some other ways. And a few doctors here, the doctor there yeah. said, Hey, I'm succeeding where y'all are failing. And instead of law being lauded and investigated for what is working, they destroyed or tried to destroy those doctors, the messengers, if you will, because if they actually had a legitimate treatment for COVID, guess what? There would be no MRNA injection. It required no viable option other than the emergency use authorization, which again was a complete scam and suppression and a, a crime against humanity. And as many doctors that stood up, which there weren't many relative to those that didn't, um, I call many of them my friends, including this, this hour's guest, Dr. John Witcher, who's going to be with us at the Nashville event, thanks to Drs. Terry and Stu Warner. And he's also running for the governorship of Mississippi. So we'll talk to him about that as well. So what do you think, my brother? The end of the emergency? Is it really the end of the emergency? Or is this just another you know, window dressing? Yay, we've ended it. But I, I, I think that uh, if Biden had had his, his way, it mm -hmm. wouldn't have ended. Mm -hmm. um, I think he kind of had to pick a date finally because they had enough pressure on him. Yeah, it didn't look good. So he had to come up with a date. And so, you know, it happened the way that it happened. <clears throat> Do I think it's, it's, this, this is the last emergency or of course it's not going to be the last emergency we're going to have. As long as you keep um, up with them, they'll keep declaring. Yeah. You know, I mean, could, is it possible there could be an actual real emergency? Of course there is. You know, I mean, that's normal. But there's um, still, emergencies still, happen. Yeah, but it's still not an excuse for what? Proclaiming you have powers which you have not been granted. That's something that that's how you get the powers though, Robert. Come on, man. Get you know that program. Yeah. That's how you that's how you get the powers. Yeah. Right? Dang it. I got the power. But yeah. you know, this, this is an artificial power. This is not the power of God, right? You know, we talk about a power that is 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 loving, forgiving, filled with grace and abundance and healing. And I, I know if we go into old testament wrath of God kind of stuff, right? That's you know, maybe may a different a discussion, but in terms of, of, of people of faith who exert the power of God, it isn't to necessarily, I would hope and pray that it isn't because I don't think it's godly in a sense, then you're just trying to wipe out your enemies. 
because you disagree with them or they won't convert, you know, the convert or die scenario. And unfortunately, what we have here is the old concepts of the crusades, whether they be Muslim, Christian, or hey, Jewish crusades, whatever. The Jewish uh, crusades? That's yeah, I don't, I don't read about them. Did you read about no, them? Not familiar with that one. Yeah. Maybe they're out there. Somebody <laughs> go to chat GPT and see if they find something on that. Uh, but the idea that um, it was only religion that would do something like that in the past. Yes, it existed in history. There was a consciousness that allowed for the you know, wanton destruction and death to anybody who was a, a non-believer, for instance. Is that uh, what I perceive to be a godly uh, you know, thing to do? No, because God not only gave us life, but agency, choice. And if God gave us choice, why would we as humans take away choice from others? I would try to be a living example to make better choices, but I, I don't want to beat people up that make what I call the wrong choices. It's not my role. It's not my place to do. But now who is taken on the mantle of the crusades? It's, it's, these are political crusades, primarily through COVID, dominated by a leftist, collectivist, Marxist, communist ideology. Now, there have been some Republicans that have engaged in similar uh, um, ideology and behaviors, you know, support of some of these COVID restrictions. Far fewer, I'll acknowledge that as well. So this, to me, this isn't partisan in the sense I'm saying if, if a Republican uh, does the same thing as a Democrat, I'm going to give them a pass. That's not what we do here. But we're looking for men and women of integrity to go into government to realize the Constitution does not provide for this behavior, this self-proclamation or self, uh, uh, let's say, enumerate. I'm going to self-enumerate a power that doesn't exist because it's an emergency. The Ten Commandments didn't have an Eleventh Commandment. Maybe in South Park they did. That got lost. Or <laughs> it was the tablet that uh, fell down and broke. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's like, yeah, what was the Eleventh <laughs> Commandment? Well, in case of emergency, God says discard <laughs> these tablets and break yeah. them and ignore everything that he's told you to do. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And here we are probably on the precipice of another emergency declaration. It might be not an official declaration of war as the House of Representatives is, is you know, well, that's where you would declare an actual war, which hasn't been done since World War II. Everything else has been basically United Nations police actions. You, yeah, I know. It's a shocking thing if you've never heard that before. Vietnam War was not actually a war. It was a police action under UN authority. How, and, and it how was is, a mess. Oh, an absolute it? mess. Yep. And that's what we were talking with High Res yesterday. What a brilliant young musician in his own right, rap artist, doing the things that, uh, you know, people like my dad who, who babysat Phil Oaks. Oh, do you remember Phil Oaks, um, you know, anti-war uh, folk artist of the 1960s? And, you know, there was many protests against the Vietnam War, and those people were thought to be un-American, anti-American. Because in a time of war, you can't dissent. But there was no official declaration of war, and it turns out they were right. Now, uh, they also had sympathies toward communism. And we've heard that as well at that time, that those were the only people that were even sympathetic to that. So they kind of took advantage of that. So we're not embracing communism by acknowledging, you know, folk music protests of war's past. But remember, there's not been an official House of Representatives declaration of war since World War II. And how many conflagrations have we been involved with under UN authority? And why are we still members of the World Health Organization, also aligned with the United Nations and China and Bill Gates? Have we learned nothing in the last three years? Is any presidential candidate going to argue that we should get out of the, the WHO altogether? I mean, Trump at least attempted to do that. 
I know that Jonathan Ebord, who's running for the United States Senate, wants us out of the World Health Organization. There's no purpose in being in, in part of that organization that uh, Biden has uh, tried to uh, bring about by expanding some kind of um, treaty without going to, to, to the Senate for uh, advice and consent and ratification, turning over the ability of uh, our uh, individual states, much less the federal government, to choose things to do in, in, in if there was a genuine state of emergency rel- relative to a bioweapon or you know something that impacts health. And it would turn it over to the WHO's authority. How is that? How is anybody supportive of that after what we've been through? How many times did the WHO get it wrong along with our CDC and FDA? More often than you can count at this point. They've disagreed with themselves on a weekly basis, yet we're the ones banned on YouTube and Spotify even though we've been correct. Even as we speculated early on what I thought it was or wasn't, I haven't had to go back and go, oh, sorry about that. I was really wrong about that. And if I had been, absolutely happy to do so. I, I, I don't revel in maintaining incorrectness or wrongness just to, uh, you know, have a, a you know, a, a ego gratification scenario. That's not what, in, it, it's not what interests me. Bringing the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. That, that's, you know, that's what interests me. And our 24th year broadcast healing, uh, we're doing just that, including bringing great people into the mix here. Right now, gubernatorial candidate for Mississippi, physician extraordinaire, great guy. Got to spend uh, a little time with him at the Orlando event last year uh, that the Warners held. We had a nice dinner together on the way out of town. And uh, he and his wife and others were with us. It was wonderful. And I'm so glad we're, we're getting them on today as we're gearing up for another great event in Nashville at the end of the month. This is Dr. John Witcher, a medical doctor. He's running for Mississippi governor. Dr. John Witcher, welcome to the Robert Scott Show. It's about Yes, sir. Thank you. Good to be here, Robert. Good it's to be great with to you. see Good you, see my you friend. Again. And I can't wait to see you at the end of the month in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Now, Looking you, forward to it. We have an article uh, posted in the show notes today. Uh, also, we have you linked up witcherforgovernor.com. And uh, we also have the article that, that came out you know, a while back, back in 2021, by the way. Mississippi doctor fired for attempting to prescribe patients ivermectin. Oh, my gosh. You had assessed, as I understood it, the dangers of remdesivir and all the hospital protocols. And as a physician that tries to do no harm, you said, you know what? I got to do better. Uh, we're hearing uh, rumors of success or we're talking with other people about success with other things, including ivermectin. You went for it and they went after you. They sure did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was something, you know, I had been researching ivermectin. At this point, I had felt there was plenty enough data out there that showed ivermectin was the drug of choice to use both early in COVID as well as hospitalized COVID patients, you know. Uh, Dr. Pierre Corey and Paul Merrick, uh, both co-founders of FLCCC, I was using their guidelines, which once again, I had done the research. Mm-hmm. They had the research themselves. And, uh, you know, the Math Plus protocol, which was, you know, a protocol used in the hospital setting. Both those doctors are critical care doctors, pulmonologists. So they uh, knew had the research. And uh, we had also brought Dr. Peter McCullough to Mississippi uh, just before uh, I attempted to do this. And, uh, you know, that was, we were talking about vaccines when we brought Dr. Peter McCullough to town. You know, I was one that, you know, I've never been vaccinated. I did not promote the vaccines to patients just because, you know, I've been a general practitioner and an ER doctor. And, uh, you know, I stopped trusting the pharmaceutical companies a long time ago. 
you know, they, I mean, it, it's been proven time and time again, they can't be trusted. I mean, look at the opioid crisis. When I was a young doctor, they came to me and said, these, you know, morphine and Oxycontin is going to be the drug of choice to cure all your chronic ill, uh, chronic pain patients. And I said, well, you know, that doesn't make sense. I just got out of medical school and we don't prescribe more than five of those pills at a time. And we don't prescribe it unless they've had surgery. You know, how can we, this is not, I don't believe this is going to happen. They said, oh no, we have the Yale and the Harvard studies right here. We have proof, these drug reps said, that, that this is the drug of choice for chronic pain. And if you remember, that was that was when they put in the fifth vital sign, the little smiley signs on all the uh, medical records. So your nurse had to ask, the first thing they had to ask, because we were under treating pain, right? We were, we were being bad doctors because we were not treating pain in, with, with enough drugs. And so that's got the, the whole opioid crisis started. And we see today what's happening. These companies have been being sued for billions and billions of dollars. They're paying out, and what happens to them? Nothing. Many of these people just, uh, these pharmaceutical companies just continue on like nothing ever happened. And, and and we could go through many drugs like this, Vioxx being one of them. That came out and said, oh, this is a great drug. Found out it wasn't so great, taken off the market. And, you know, but at least in those cases, there's you can go after. There's some liability. But with these vaccines, there's no liability. They were being used under emergency use use authorization scene, okay, or at least that claimed it to be, and the reason they claimed that was, uh, you know, they changed the whole definition of vaccine. It's really genetic therapy, but they put it on the vaccine schedule due to no liability, just increased further uh, limits of liability, and so, you know, yeah, right off the bat, I was skeptical of these vaccines. I said, let's hold on. I can't give informed consent because I don't know what the risks are, and so I got deemed as an anti-vaxxer right off the bat, and then after a month or so, I finally said, I'm, I can't continue allowing patients to have remdesivir in these government protocols in the hospitals. And so I decided to, to change that. I took them off remdesivir. Attempted, I just attempted to put them on ivermectin, okay? Mm -hmm. they, we didn't have in the hospital. I called a local pharmacist in Yazoo City, Mississippi, a little town I was in. Mm -hmm. And he, he said, oh, yeah, that's great medicine, this ivermectin. I use it for myself and my family. And sure enough, I'll bring it over. So I, I prescribed it to three patients that were in the hospital. And uh, which I'd already went and talked with him, but I was so as I was walking down the hall to give him this to you know further talk to him about the medicine and give it to him, I received a phone call from uh, my boss, who which I was contracted to the hospital, and mm -hmm. he said basically the higher ups at the hospital they were it's, it was which is out of Memphis, Tennessee. That's the owners. They said you know they they just said they had enough of you. Don't come back. Yeah. And I was the medical director of this little house. I was the main doctor. Me and one other doctor was the were the only two doctors that attended staff meetings every month. We hired all the nurse uh, nursing staff and the other doctors in the ER and whatnot. And you know, these, it's very difficult to get doctors out in these rural settings. I mean, I, I live an hour from that, that from that hospital, but I would drive in sometimes, stay in town overnight or whatever. But uh, so very, you know, uh, Doctor yeah. John, did you have any? adverse events associated with the ivermectin prescription in that hospital was there a a reason other than what we now know to be serious serious economic conflicts of interest on the no, behalf of the hospital no, no no ivermectin had been used in the hospital to that point we were <clears throat> well i was <clears throat> i started using hydroxychloroquine we, we probably saw one at well we did see we saw one of the first five patients with COVID in mississippi that was documented and uh she was a 69 year old uh black female I was using hydroxychloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, zinc, and, and, uh, and uh, azithromycin. And I think all doctors everywhere was using that. 
even in the hospital setting, because the literature showed that worked for coronavirus, right? I mean, we, we know the doctor in France was using it, Dr. Zeb Zelenko used it, and then when Trump came out and said, you know, like something good about hydroxychloroquine, then that's when Kubota, for example, on Fox News, he went out and he screamed to the top of his lungs, if you use hydroxychloroquine, it'll kill you. Don't take hydroxychloroquine, which was a total lie. <clears throat> and so anyway, they, the hospital uh, pharmacist made me t stop that medication, hydroxychloroquine. And so then shortly thereafter, we had to start using remdesivir. And I, I, I asked the pharmacist, I said, I, I have a question. How much are we going to, uh, how much are we charging for remdesivir? And he said, $3,200. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, so that was the whole catch to me was that it was all about money from day one. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I mean, you could do the anyway. math right away, even without yeah. all the numbers revealed at that point, as we found out after the fact, you know, what a COVID diagnosis meant to the hospital, what a COVID death meant to the hospital in terms of money, uh, what uh, remdesivir prescription meant to them, what uh, ventilator utilization meant to them in terms of economic inflow. And yet, you know, fractions of a penny on the dollar, whether it would be hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin or a combination uh, would not have resulted. And also, once again, I bring this out under the emergency use authorization. If they acknowledge that anything besides the jab that they wanted to bring out could have any benefit, then the jab would not have been, a, been available under an EUA because it required no viable treatment. So they suppressed every bit of knowledge of treatment that was succeeding and attacked the doctors who dared to speak of this. This, this is where we had the... Speaking of, you know, your last name, a witch hunt, uh, yeah. you know, there were <laughs> doctors everywhere who dared to speak out and had the success that they had because it would put a, a, a complete stop to the mRNA injection um, uh, agenda, which seemed to be everything. It was all about that, if not other other extraneous things. But that was the most important to them to make sure there was no other legitimate treatment that would be acknowledged or else. Correct. And that's, you know, we, our state health officer, Dr. Thomas Dobbs, he was, he eventually uh, resigned under pressure. Of course, our governor, he didn't call him out. He basically allowed him to resign or he actually get, got another big state government job in our uh, local uh, state supported uh, medical school. But, uh, you know, we were asking, you know, the governor, he lived across the street from me. I voted for him. I campaigned for him. But we tried to get him to do, to stand up. We were excited what Florida was doing, and we could have done it in Mississippi. We tried to get him to call a special session. We tried to get him to fight back against Dr. Dobbs because he knew Dr. Dobbs was not on his team. I mean, we know from his past politics that he was he's not a conservative. He's not somebody that, that is going to stand up against a, a liberal uh, Biden uh, White House. Matter of fact, Biden sent his White House COVID team coordinator, a vaccinator, to Mississippi, flew him down in the uh, August of 2021, just to set the precedence. And, and when he left, the whole precedence was set that we will start calling this the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. and that's what they did. Even our governor said it from the podium. Was uh, your governor, uh, and, and just to address the, the Hegelian dialectic a little bit in terms of Democrats and Republicans, Mississippi is largely a Republican-controlled state. Was it a Republican governor that said that? Yeah, he, Republican governor said it. And, uh, you know, he was, um, once again, he's, he's been in politics for 18 years. He was 27 when he became our state uh, treasurer. Then he was our lieutenant governor for another eight years. And now he's been our governor for uh, two, two and a half years. And so that's all he's ever been as a politician. He's a Republican, conservative. 
But when push came to shove, he would not stand up, even though, you know, he kind of followed suit with the other Republican governors. He even went on to Laura Ingram and mm-hmm. went national and said he was, you know, fighting the federal mandates that Biden was pushing. But the same week he came back to our state and said he deferred all things COVID to Dr. Dobbs. That's like saying I defer all things COVID to, to Fauci. Fauci. Or, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. we, we, that's oh. what we call Dr. Dobbs, Mississippi Fauci. I mean, he, he did exactly what Fauci wanted him to do, including lockdowns. Now, he even went so extreme. Our, this Dr. Dobbs of ours, he wanted to use draconian measures. Now, who, who even says draconian measures? You know, mm-hmm. this is a, this is communist talk. And he even made it such that if you had COVID and you left your house, mm-hmm. you could be arrested and fined for, for that. And our governor allowed that to happen. So, uh, you know, as a matter of principle, this question, obviously, you're, you're, I believe you're running as a Republican in Mississippi. Uh, you'll be running against a Republican to replace a Republican governor, apparently. And yet um, you're not beholden to the party politics in this sense that you have a principled stance that doesn't waver based on others in your party? No. Well, the fact of the matter is I'm crisscrossing the state, speaking to a lot of Republican uh, women and and committees and uh, county uh, groups. And listen, it's a great divide out there, just like in the hospitals, just like in the families, in in societies all over the world, you have a divide. Is it 50-50, even amongst the Republicans? Probably so. Many. Well, it's less now. More people are waking up. First of all, they know the shots didn't work. They were told if you get a shot, you wouldn't get COVID. Well, that was a lie. Then they said, well, if you get get a shot, you won't go in the hospital with COVID. That was a lie. Then they, but they, then they said, well, if you get a shot, at least you won't die from COVID. And that was a lie. <clears throat> Last year in Mississippi, we had about six or 700 deaths with COVID and 68% of them were vaccinated. Of course, they took that off the website. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, Smart, I mean, common sense people in Mississippi, a lot of them just good old common sense folk, they realize why do you, why take a shot that doesn't work? And then two, why is the government pushing this so much? I mean, free shots, nothing's free, but then they want to give you donuts, playstations, uh, money to take it. It didn't, didn't make any sense. So people are waking up to that. They're also, listen, we're treating a lot of vaccine injured patients and, and people that have died suddenly. We believe people yeah. right here in Mississippi have died suddenly of these shots. I, I can tell you, uh, Ernest Ramirez in Texas, I looked at his, uh, his uh, autopsy report, 16-year-old boy took one shot of Pfizer five days later, he died from myocarditis of his heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, people are dying from these shots. People are being injured. I have, I, I treat a number of injured patients around Mississippi. I have a, a 38-year-old female, she took one shot at CVS. Okay, now they didn't tell her, give her any informed consent. They didn't tell her any risk that could be associated with this shot. They just asked her, which arm did you want it in? They gave her the shot. She had, they called her ambulance. She hasn't been right since. Okay, after one shot immediately, she's in a wheelchair as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And so Elizabeth Tucker's her name. And, and, I'm, and there's others around the state. There's Cody Flint that's a pilot. He won't never be a pilot again. There's uh, Jeff Jackson, he's got, severe psoriatic arthritis uh, affected his immune system. I have another gentleman, uh, Aaron Kursaka, 42 years old. He had took a shot, had a stroke. Okay. These are real people with real uh, problems, suffering. And, uh, and that's, I mean, that's the whole reason I'm running for governors for these patients. They're, they're getting silenced. We, you know, we had a round table discussion in our state health, uh, state Capitol building. We had Dr. Peter McCullough, 25 other folks there. We had eight, vaccine injured folks including the four i'm just telling you about 
and we had news coverage. This was the end, this was February 28th. And you know the news coverage, they cut out all those vaccine injured testimonies. We even had a senator in our state that came forward uh, and said, I, I, I want to testify that I'm vaccine injured. He took one shot and has got blood clot in his leg. He's going to be on blood thinner for the rest of his life. They even cut his section out, okay? So you cannot talk about vaccine injury in Mississippi, and we want to change that. And, you know, as soon as I'm governor, uh, uh, Peter McCullough has already told me he will be our, I'm going to create a position called Surgeon General of Mississippi, just like Florida has one. It's going to be a part-time position, but Dr. Peter McCullough, will, between me and him, we'll stand up, and we're going to start the investigations on day one. We're going to start the investigations into Moderna and Pfizer and these mRNA vaccine pharmaceutical companies for for fraudulent advertisement, okay? They knew. You realize, Dr. Witcher, I mean, there's a powerful lobby at the federal and state level when it comes to medicine, pharmaceuticals, hospitals. You're you're not making a lot of friends with the statements you're saying. I mean, I agree with them. There's no question about that here, well, but I'm acknowledging I'm, the body politic and what you're up against there in Mississippi. I'm 57 years old, Robert. I've got four grown kids. I've got four grandchildren, all under two. I, You know, I got... I, I, I care about my family. I, I've got a lot of friends. I, I'm not. I'm not here to make friends. And it, you know, I, I'm here as a stand. I feel like I'm. I'm led. I mean, we're we're in a bad uh, shape. We're, we're about to lose everything. Not just our medical. Freedom. We're about to lose our people, etc. You know, we're about to lose our way of life. We're about to lose America. We're about to lose uh, what we stand for. Our, all yeah. of our freedoms. And so that that's why I'm standing up and running. You know, I, I try to get, I'm trying to get other folks around the uh, state to stand up and uh, with me and, and run. I, I tried to get a, a good gentleman to run for governor instead of me. And he said, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not ready. And so, you know, I just took it upon myself because, uh, you know, like I said, our governor uh, did not stand up when he could have, and he could have fought back and, and, and I'll fight, you know, I'm, once again, our governor, you know, like you said, it is a big lobbyist group in the pharmaceutical industry. Just to show you just what our, another thing our governor did, he appointed a Pfizer employee to our board of health. And this was in October of last year. Okay. Yeah. After we had already shown him and many of our politicians, all the data that where Pfizer was trying to cover up their, their uh, studies for 75 years, where there was 1,223 deaths, you know, covering this information up. He still put a Pfizer employee over the board of health. I mean, I, I just don't, you know, yeah. these politicians are being bought off uh, in our medical communities. You know, they're, they have folded our medical organizations all the way from our the American medical association has never been, uh, it's always been liberal. It's, it's been well, it's, 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 medicine. It's, it wanted Obamacare, but now I call it communized medicine. Correct. Yeah. It's collectivist medicine. It's anti-competitive. It's its foundation. Its start in 1847 was uh, designed to wipe out its competition. Primarily then was homeopathy, yeah. uh, but they yeah. continued to work against physicians who would innovate and integrate, etc. And really? very few percentage-wise of physician of the physician community is even members of the AMA anymore. Uh, but yeah. they have been granted special powers by our you know government many many what well, decades ago, maybe a century or more ago. Uh, how about the, the medical community, your physician friends? I mean, you, I'm sure you've lost some friends over this. Have you gained new ones since that time? Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, I have, there's a lot of, you know, I, I know a lot of these people that are leading the state, you know, from our, we have one state, um, uh, medical school that's, um, you know, funded. I, 
you know, I know a lot of people. I mean, I, I did training down there. I know a lot of these people that are that are been speaking out for these vaccines and for these masks and for these lockdowns in the hospitals, churches, businesses, uh, you know, all these schools. I, I and I, you know, yeah, I, I can't, you know, I have no um, I mean, we're we're 180 degrees apart. There's no way we can come together. I don't understand. You know, I, I'm scratching my head because some of these men I thought were good, decent men and women. And I just I don't know what's going with them. I, I think they're just being bought bought off, and and uh, you know they're just. They, I mean, I, it seems they really believe this. And then I have other doctor friends that are waking up slowly. They feel like, well, you know, th they always followed the CDC guidelines, and they felt the FDA was 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 pretty good as well. But you know, they're starting to wake up and realize that you know maybe maybe it's maybe they are corrupt. Yeah. And then and then you have some like me from day one that, uh, you know, and that's, we formed a group called Mississippi Against Mandates. About the time we do brought Dr. Peter McCullough to town. And so we have a lot of doctors throughout Mississippi. We, we need more. We have nurses, healthcare workers, and a lot of citizens. You know, we helped a lot of people get exempt from these vaccines, from the mandates. Uh, now, many people in Mississippi couldn't get exempt. They were fired. And that's another question I have for our governor. If, you know, he's asking for his job back for the next four years. What about all these people that got fired? Their job all these people in the, in the military, in yeah. the military. I mean, I, a lot of uh, I've got a good friend and he he was a colonel. He retired early because he didn't want to take a shot. I, I, was, I tried to help an 18 year old get into the military. Fine young man. I gave him a medical exemption. They gave it to him. He went off to boot camp Then he came back and they said, oh, well, we changed our mind. So then I wrote him a 25 page uh, letter. Uh, describing the reason he, he of 18 year old healthy um, man doesn't need a vaccine, especially after he's had COVID and he's got natural immunity and they didn't pass it. So he didn't, he didn't go into the military. So yeah. these are the problems we're having. And uh, you know, yeah, we have a big problem with our medical community, our whole, our Mississippi state medical association, which I've been a part of for all my, all my life, you know, as a, as a physician, they've been totally bought out. They, they totally went corrupted. I mean, they put up billboards all over our state pushing these vaccines for children, put put capes on them saying, oh, you can be a superhero if you get vaccinated. I mean, just insanity. And so I, I canceled my membership with them uh, back uh, about the time we brought Peter McCullough to town. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I switched over to the AAPS. They're much yeah. more uh, they have the, the common sense. Yeah. You know, these folks are, are fighting for uh, for patients they take no drug money no pharma money that's why they have integrity i've been following them and featuring their physicians over the years here on this show aapsonline.com uh, you can check them out uh, dr yeah. john witcher is our guest this hour he's uh running for the uh governorship of mississippi i don't know when that election is, occurs there in mississippi yeah it's august the 8th this year is the mm -hmm. primary Okay. And then, yeah, and then so it's basically me and uh, the incumbent governor Tate Reeves running in the in the Republican primary, and then and we'll be against the Democrat, probably the one that I think that two of the Democrats dropped out. So there's just one, Brandon Presley, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, but we feel like I mean a Republican will win in Mississippi because I mean we're mostly a Republican state, but um, but it, it'll be a race. But uh, my 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 goal, you know, I, I really have if I want to win. Of course, I have to beat uh, Tate Reeves, our, our incumbent governor. Which how, is, is, uh, how are your debating skills? Will he debate you? He will not debate me. I've asked him from day one. Matter of fact, this week, uh, a local college here, Millsaps, they've uh, invited all of us to come there to be on stage to have a debate. Uh, I, 
I doubt very seriously he'll be there, but I'll be there. And uh, but yeah, he's he's not going to debate me. And uh, the way he runs his races, he, he really never mentions his opponent. Uh, he he is very well funded, uh, and so that's that's really what you know. I I need uh, support to be honest with you. To, people uh, to get my name out there and to get my face out there, my message. People have been very receptive. Like I said, I, I'm speaking all over the state, but uh, we need to get our message out further through uh, social media. Uh, radio and really TV ads. I mean, you know, that eventually, especially in that last come July, we really need to do that. You know, of course, everything costs money. You know, I have a campaign manager that I've hired, a treasurer, et cetera, and uh, traveling, all this, these sort of things. Uh, so I, I'm pleading with everyone, you know, what I plead is, you know, please, I need your prayers, but also if you, if you want to support me, you know, we need governors that will stand up. We don't know what our what's going to happen on our on the national level, on the presidential level, but yeah. we have to have governors that are patriotic that will stand up state by state. And what I plan on doing is, you know, we're going to group together with states like Florida, Texas, Tennessee, hopefully Arkansas with Sarah Huckabee Sanders now, and uh, over and and whoever we 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 can group together and we you know. Our constitution is really for the state's rights, okay? And we, we, this whole federal mandates that they push down, we, we, we should never, you know, and like I heard you mention earlier about the WHO, the World Health Organization, you know, we need to get out of that, get out of that situation because they're going to push emergency orders on us. We don't know what, it, it could be anything. I mean, it could be the, the, uh, the climate police and they come down and say, you know, you're using too much um, you know, too many cows are, are flatulating and there's too much methane. So we're not only going to eliminate your cows, but we're going to eliminate you too. We, you just don't know with these, with these. Crazy right. Problems. Well, Dr. Witcher, what you're referring to is to some degree, at least the 10th amendment to the constitution, which provides right. for the state's superior authority over the yeah. federal government when the federal government violates their limited role. Right. When That's they right. passed that 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 was set in precedence in, in the 90s when when our Supreme Court Justice Scalia with uh, Sheriff Mack when they wanted to get all the sheriffs to, to do background checks for for guns people buying guns and that went all the Supreme Court and that won Scalia of course I know you know I'm preaching to the choir but Scalia said that you cannot fairly mandate you can't push these mandates on states that don't want them so states that's state sovereignty and we, and we can do that. We can work together and we can push back against that. And that's what I, you know, I'm a patriotic governor. I'll stand firm. I'll stand like Florida, Texas, and all these other states. And we'll push back against this woke agenda. We don't, we don't stand for that. This woke culture, all this critical race theory. This is race baiting. It's, it's, it's all about dividing us, right? It's about mm -hmm. trying to take away the American dream, but try to take away that, uh, you know, trying to make our kids believe that America's evil, that, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And we're just not going to stand for, for that. We want to put our faith back in God, faith in each other, and faith in our country. And we can come together. We, we can uh, uh, overcome this. You know, I, I do believe that. You know, if we don't, you know, you know, I'm, I don't know, you know, I, I'm, I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, I believe we're in the, we could be in the final days. I mean, if we don't overcome and push back the evil, you know, I don't know if the, when the Lord's coming back, but when he does, you know, mm -hmm. I, I want to first and foremost, if he tarries, I want my kids and my grandkids to be able to grow up in a free environment where they can have the American dream. Like I, I was able to, yeah. but you know, but if the Lord's come, comes back any moment, 
I want to be fighting. In yeah, that. You, you don't want to be uh, playing along with evil and evil no. doers. Uh, if you guys want to support Dr. John Witcher for governor in, in Mississippi, you don't have to be in Mississippi to do so. Witcher right. for governor, W I T C H E R for F O R governor.com. Every little bit helps. And, uh, you know, please, if, if you, if you feel led, you want to see another governor, uh, like maybe, uh, Florida that's fought back against the federal government and all this wokeism. Uh, I'm, I'm that man that'll do yeah. that. Yep. And, and you have the physician knowledge, uh, as well. Uh, and you don't fall prey to the AMA propaganda, the Fauci propaganda, CDC, WHO propaganda. You've seen it. And are you presenting at the Nashville event? We're all going to be at. I am. Well, we have that upcoming in the upcoming events tab, tab at robertscottbell.com and looking forward to seeing you, my friend, is your wife going to join you? She will. She'll be uh, there for sure. Great. What about you? Are you your family going to come? Your son and uh, I will. It'll likely just. I know you got to meet my son when we were together in Orlando, which was fun. Yeah. But it looks like it'll just be me for this event. Uh, there's so much going on at the tail end of uh, the school year for my my daughter, and of course the goldbacks are going crazy right now. Everybody's realizing yeah. the the Federal Reserve notes days are numbered and trying to figure out a way around it. So he's pretty busy too. Uh, but yeah. uh, good lord, I appreciate you, and I can't wait to see you at the event in Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to see you. All right, Dr. John Witcher, God bless you. Thank you for being on board today. Hopefully this is not the last time. I want to hear some good news on the campaign trail in Mississippi, and we'll we'll get you pumped up and help you out. All right. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, that's Dr. John Witcher running for governor of Mississippi, a great guy. Again, I know him personally. Uh, sat down, shared a meal with him and his wife and some others, and uh, uh, genuine as the day is long, as they say. Uh, a heart of gold and a man of faith, and he doesn't – uh, let's say, play well with tyrants, which is the kind of guy we like here. And he does know the 10th Amendment as a governor. He would uh, be all about defending the states. So uh, with that, I, I think we have, let me see, I got a couple of stories, maybe even a question of the day, if we could squeeze it in here. I think we're doing okay on time, Super Don. Uh, let's see, what was the story that I wanted to hit with you? Oh, yes, the, the lower uh, U.S. life expectancy. You know, when you think of this, Super D, lower life expectancy in the past few years, what would you <laughs> immediately think it would be? Now, if you believe mm. the COVID narrative, you say, well, it's because of COVID. Now, right. if, you, if you're suspicious of the COVID narrative and you've seen what's happened since they brought the COVID jabs out, you'd likely say, well, it's likely the COVID jabs and other treatments that have you know, ended the life of, of people or much earlier than they would have you know, died. Uh, but no, that's not it. According to this article in Forbes, uh, the FDA commissioner or commissar Robert Califf said it's misinformation from people like us. Oh, that's what's causing. Couldn't be anything else. Right? Life expectancy, right? No, yeah. couldn't, couldn't have anything to do with, I don't know. Um, diet. Yeah, no lifestyle. Um, Exposure like to toxins and, and mm -hmm. stuff, but no, 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 but misinformation. You know what? the FDA uh, Caliph guy called for better regulation at the FDA and FTC to root out misinformation. So basically what he's calling for is censorship. We need more powerful censorship from our bureaucratic oligarchy. The very thing Jonathan Emord is going into the U S Senate to fight, to, to, to pull back, to push back. He's won already against the FDA times. And they, the FDA still doesn't uh, uh, even acknowledge that they've lost, even though they know they did. They're like, it's not going to change our behavior. And the FTC, Remember, uh, uh, you know, the story of Jonathan Emord and the FCC, when he got a call, he was a young attorney out of uh, not long out of college. And he wrote a, a piece about the FCC, how it shouldn't, you know, basically exist. And 
somebody from the FCC in the early years of the Reagan administration called him and say, how would you like to come work for the FCC? And what was Jonathan Emord's response? No, no, because I don't think it should exist. And at that time, there was, uh, you know, with the, the young uh, idealistic Reagan administration, they said, that's why we want you to come work for us, because we believe that too. And he, so he was there at the time of the repeal of the Fairness Doctrine that it ended up resulting in what? The rise of talk radio, uh, the Rush Limbaugh's of the world, and even what we do, Super Don, can be directly tied back to the ending of the Fairness Doctrine and Jonathan mm-hmm. Emord played yeah. a role there. Absolutely. So you want know, to talk about a fascinating history and Emord 4 VA is another uh, support. Um, I would love for you to throw some, some support to Jonathan if you haven't already. And by the way, next hour, we're going to play the first official commercial spot. Uh, for Jonathan Emord's uh, run for the uh, United States Senate in Virginia, which is going to be great. So uh, life expectancy is going down in America, not because we're eating crap, we're being poisoned by drugs and mRNA injections, but because of there's not enough regulation by FDA and FTC to shut us up, to stop freedom of speech. A year ago, same guy yeah. uh, was on CNN and uh, said that misinformation was the leading cause of death in America. Wow. Just Wow. Yeah. yeah, incredible. And I know John Witcher as governor of, of Mississippi wouldn't stand for that either. He's a freedom guy all the way. All right, that leads us to our uh, question of the day. If you don't mind, Super D, let's go ahead and uh, let that rip. Okay, rip. All right, thank you. There you go. You're supposed to make a sound like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right. Sound effects. Where are my sound effects? Question of the day is coming from Tina. Hi, Robert. I saw you on Iconic with both shows, one with Gareth Ike and the other with Richard Willett. And I must say both shows were amazing. Nice. Yeah, of course they were. I was there. And right. No, I'm not. I'm just teasing. Just teasing. Love you. Thank you, Tina. My sister suffers with extreme asthma and eczema. She's on a steroid and an inhaler. And of course, things are not getting better. Can you please help us? What supplements can she take that will help? And what should she eliminate from her diet that will get rid of her asthma and eczema for good? I'm hoping that you can help me to help my sister or point me in the right direction. Thank you, Robert. All right. Uh, thank you, Tina, for writing in on behalf of your sister. And I know you care about her and love her uh, to reach out like this. And I, I would say if you haven't already, Tina, uh, gotten this book that I wrote with my buddy Ty Bollinger, Unlock the Power to Heal, you can actually download the free chapter on gut health uh, at robertchatbell.com. And if you're a patron supporter, you don't even have to buy the book. There's the free chapter that we include for our patrons on lung health, right? We talk asthma. And of course, those of you who know the herb from God, from creation, that is the lung herb, among many other things that it can do, is lobelia. So if you're not already, for your sister's sake, uh, having her on lobelia tincture, preferably from Dr. Christopher's, you can get that from uh, Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com choose to be healthy.com and you enter the code RSB five at, at um, checkout, you'll get a discount. And that lobelia tincture is critical for lung health and lung recovery. Now, having said that there are also homeopathic remedies. There are also uh, nebulizing the silver and the copper uh, that we do. And those things can help preclude the need or reduce the reliance on the steroids and the inhalers that she's on right now. I know from my history of respiratory ailments, how successful this can be. And I want you to consider going deeper in, deeper than the lungs. Because when you say eczema as well, I mean, these are all things I experienced in my life, uh, borderline asthma. I was respiratory uh, distress in my life with allergies. I had horrible skin conditions, skin rashes throughout my childhood. And all of that comes back to what? The liver and the kidneys 
and the colon or the entire GI tract, let's just say it that way. So in order to correct it, because right now the allopaths, as brilliant as they are with their medical degrees, are suppressing the symptom, but also making the original cause of the symptom much worse because these steroids are destructive of liver function. So all detox pathways that were already corrupted are going to be made worse by the suppressive treatment. That will result in a whole lot of other problems that are much worse than even the asthma that she's controlling with drugs. So correcting the liver is going to be important. That includes selenium. That includes the Alta Health Products Canjest. The right forms of these can be gotten from choosetobehealthy.com as well. There are also great detox formulas from Nutritional Frontiers. Uh, we've talked about Air Max as well to help with the allergies and the breathing. Again, to manage, yes, a little bit, but in a non-toxic way while we go deeper into the detox pathways. Healing the gut, the fastest way to heal the gut is to cleanse it, clean it out, reduce the inflammatory uh, cytokine storms there and heal the tissue that is the home for the microbiome, the epithelial lining of the gut. And that is the silver aloe gut recovery protocol that I've worked with many doctors on over the years. And it's an eight-week protocol at the worst in terms of the length of time. And it accelerates gut recovery integrity and the home for the microbiome is restored. Therefore, if you do pre or probiotics now, you have established that healthier terrain. And again, that's in the book that I wrote with Ty Bollinger, Unlock the Power to Heal. The chapter on that is free if you want to get it there as well. So there are a number of things available to you by listening to the show. I hope your sister would listen to the show. Get the book or download the things online that I've referenced for you and that you can break the cycle of not only asthma, but eczema. Because eczema is the result in this case, clearly to me, and there might be other mitigating circumstances. I'm open to that too for your sister. But when the liver is congested, when the intestinal tract is imbalanced and you have opportunistics, a lot of the times the body, the intelligence of the cells in our body, it's like, whoa, we can't get this stuff out. We can't detoxify through the colon or even the kidneys. So let's throw it out through the skin. And so it becomes a detox pathway, the largest excretory organ that you have, compensating for a lack of function, liver and kidneys. And kidneys in Chinese medicine are always connected to lungs, as well as fear. Fear is associated with not breathing. So there may be emotional things to address. So Tina, please write me back if you need more detailed information. Let's start there. And let's end this hour triumphantly with Dr. John Witcher as governor of Mississippi. So y'all support him as well as Jonathan E. Mord for the United States Senate in Virginia. We'll play his uh, first pronounced commercial, if you will, per first done, uh, that it'll be our world premiere of that uh, with Ty Bollinger next hour as we get ready to go outside the box with TMB and RSB because the power to heal is yours. All right. What a great time it is to be alive. I know some of you might go, what do you mean, Robert? Look at all the crazy going on. But the greatest opportunity for spiritual unfoldment, for connection to the divine is when things aren't going so great out there. When we're finally challenged to go, hey, what's this life all about? It was going so easy. We had to go. We were distracted. We could not have to do all this. Now suddenly you realize, oh my gosh, the spirit, the divine spirit that imbues us with life is so critically important to everything. And more people may be coming back to that. 
as the abandonment of that has not led to better government. And, you know, we never argue that we want a theocracy in America. We want, you know, the freedom to uh, believe as we believe and to be left alone, especially to honor uh, the, the sanctity of life and the sanctity of our bodies and our children's bodies that as parents, we have the ultimate control until they're adults and they get to make their own decision about what goes into them or what maybe they're exposed to as children, all of the things that are going crazy. So I think we see a revival renaissance going on at this point, precisely because of the insanity that we witness in our federal, state, and local governments trying to say, you know, all the crazy things we heard about in the last three years of COVID. Uh, joining me and standing up for what is right, true, and larger biceps than my head, my good friend Ty Bollinger. How you doing, TMB? What's up, RSB? How you doing, bud? Good, man. It's so good to see you. And uh, I know you had like birthdays and the, the kids going. You, you've been busy as can be, as I, as I know. But when we yeah. get you on, it's a great, great treat. Yeah, yeah. Been uh, we did have a birthday to celebrate, and then was traveling to go see a baseball game one of the days. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been busy, but it's always good to be back on. Yeah, man. Great, great to uh, hang out. And, and like I said, I, I want to get together with you if it's possible. If Brianna's going to be playing, man, she's just just jamming on that guitar. I've been seeing some of her posts on Instagram, your daughter. Yeah. I'm, I'm just so impressed. So impressed. So if she's playing anywhere while I'm in town at the end of the month, uh, I definitely want to go out and see her and support her. I'll, I'll let you know. I don't know what the schedule is, but I'll find out before then. Okay. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I don't know if you've met Dr. John Witcher yet, a, a great guy, an MD physician, uh, who is, uh, you know, integrative and he's running for governor of Mississippi he's against all the mandates. He saw through the garbage. That's another good guy. In addition to Jonathan E. Moore, who's running for the United States Senate. So we do have good people to support. And I don't say that meaning that the only thing we should do is vote for good people. But if you do participate, we certainly want people that uh, know the Constitution well and that realize the great danger is in putting more power in the centralized bureaucracy at and any and every level. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, I give those shout outs and plugs when I know these people personally and what their character is all about. Yeah, you said you had some sort of a clip you're going to play. Yeah, if you don't mind, let's let's see it for the first time. World premiere, the first commercial in support of Jonathan E. Moore's run for the United States Senate in Virginia, the Commonwealth there, to defeat Tim Kaine, a Hillary Clinton lackey who's all pro-mandate and voted against ending ending the emergency that just ended, supposedly. So let's uh let's give a watch. So why am I running for the United States Senate? Well, I'm running for the United States Senate. Because within two to three years, the greatest country on earth, the bastion of liberty and defense of our values and our fundamental right to individual liberty is going to be destroyed if we don't act to stop the socialist resurgence that's happening in government and in industry And if we don't stand up for the rights of Americans against this deluge of destruction of our rights and this mass movement towards collectivism. Together, we can save Virginia and save America. Thank you very much. Jonathan E. Mord. I'm Jonathan E. Mord, and I approve this message. There you go. Uh, That was very dramatic, but yes. We are living in dramatic times, and I think I heard my voice there at the end saying, Jonathan E. Moore, because we were at the three-city three tour of Virginia a couple of weeks ago now, and wow, it was profound. People, are their lives are being uh, touched by his intense and, and, and integrity, his efforts. 
to restore limited government and defend individual liberty as he's done as an attorney for all these decades. So he's a, he's one of those rare candidates. And even as I said many times now that we know Ron Paul has endorsed Jonathan E. Mort and Ron Paul doesn't endorse just anybody. Yeah, that's exciting. It's exciting. Very well done uh, commercial ad too. Yeah. Very, I like the music very well put together. Yeah. So anything we can do to support Jonathan and his run, I'm all in uh, for that. And I haven't been excited about a candidate really since Ron Paul. So uh, that's saying something. So anyway, thanks for uh, y'all. Please share that too. I think Super Don, if you don't, if you, you have that file, but if we can share it or anyway, through social media, you know how it goes. You don't have the money of Hillary Clinton, George Soros, or Tim Kaine. But Jonathan E. Mord is gaining uh, ground in that state where uh, they just elected uh, a couple of years ago now, Yunkin or a year ago, a uh, Republican governor. So there's really a, a prime opportunity uh, for him to replace Tim Kaine in the United States Senate. So cool stuff. So what else is going on, TMB? I know uh, there's another project under underway in terms of uh, another docu-series. And we've mentioned it before. Are you starting to get some uh, some footage in for this uh, next docu-series? Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. So we are, you know, going to be releasing a docu-series in July called Remedy, and we'll be focused on solutions. Um, a lot of great documentaries out there, not a lot of them focusing on solutions. Another one that you've been involved with in Utah did, and that's great, and that's what we need. We need, you know, we have too many people that are living in fear now because they've been fear-mongering us for years, yeah. and now they're living in fear because they succumbed to the fear-mongering and took the shot, and now they're wondering what do I do? So, you know, we're going to try to provide real solutions. Got to get you scheduled towards the first of May probably. And it will get Stan and John with cardio miracle because that's one of the remedies, but we'll, yeah. uh, we got to get that scheduled pretty soon because I got to get to scripting that. So we, we got to hook up on that one for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. That's a high priority for me as well. And I know, uh, that when you see some of this footage coming in and how to weave it together so that the narrative makes sense for everybody, you know, we want people to follow it and be able to be helped by it and empowered by it. And that's again, a big goal of this docu-series called remedy. I'm excited to be a part of it as I always am. Every time we get to do these things together. Yeah, we're, we're pumped about it. And we've already gotten some great footage. Um, just to go through a few of the interviews since we got a couple minutes and we sure. can chat about it because yeah. it's your show and you can do whatever you want to do. That's right. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> Let's see, we've gotten interviews with uh, with Mike Adams and uh, Dr. Sawney with Irv and Dr. Brian Artis mm -hmm. and um, Dr. Uh, Group yesterday. Alan went down to Houston, got some footage with Dr. Group. We've gotten interviews with uh, Jeffrey Jackson. Nice. And uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits. Let's see, who else have we gotten thus far? Um I'm trying to think, uh, Dr. Omar Hamada, remember him from Propaganda mm -hmm. Exposed? Yes. He's an OBGYN. He talks a lot about the way, you know, some of the, the, you know, the bleeding that we're seeing, you know, from people that are, you know, getting sheddings happening with the vaccines, causing women to have irregular, you know, menstrual periods and so forth. That was pretty interesting. Got, got some great push and, and a whole bunch of other things we discussed with Dr. Hamada. Um, oh, and, and what the reason I'm having to drop off early today is, because I'm interviewing John Stockton right after this. He's going to awesome. be. So yeah. thanks to thanks to RSB connecting yeah. me, uh, John's going to be in it. John's amazing. And he's a man of great integrity. I appreciate that. And I'm so glad that you're connecting with him. And in addition to his amazing career in the NBA, which uh, yeah. Superdon and I greatly appreciate. But yeah, we enjoyed having him on. So that's a gr another great connection. I love that. That's wonderful. By the way, is your dog barking or is your, or is your, or is your chair squeaking in the sound of a dog bark? 
it's probably my chair squeaking because when I do this. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's my chair squeaking. They said super Don. They were complaining about that. Now we got to complain about your your chair squeaking. That's funny. I'll just have to try to sit real, real still. <laughs> yeah, don't move a muscle. I won't be able to talk with my hands anymore. Yeah, and it's and it's unusual to not see the muscle T-shirt. What's going on? Did it get cold again in Tennessee? No, I'm just more comfortable in this. Plus, I'm I'm going to go straight from this interview to the to Stockton, so I'm not going to do an interview with Stockton in a muscle T-shirt. Maybe RSB show, but. Yeah, I don't want to show up on a first interview with John Stockton in a, in a cutoff. It's Rodney Dangerfield. No respect here. Yeah, no. I get no respect. We get no respect. All right. Well, we got some stories to cover this hour, too. Super Don, you can chime in as well on what's going on here. I, we mentioned the lower life expectancy, and the, the FDA commi commissar said it was due to misinformation. So it's all Ty Bollinger's fault, and they need to sick the FTC and the FDA on you, as opposed to the reality is that which the FDA and FTC promotes is really the misinformation. And that's what's causing a reduced uh, lifespan in America. And that's part of the, you know, the discussion I'm sure we'll have in the remedy uh, docuseries as well to point that out. Now, speaking of censorship, we've got a two-part article here uh, that came out, uh, let's see, just last month, the dark side of AI, how core censorship and bias is damaging free speech. And there's part one and part two that we have linked up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. So um, talk to me about this because Super Don's all in on AI. He loves chat GPT. He has fun with it, but... Is there a dark side too, really? Yeah, you know, uh, what a lot of people maybe don't understand about AI is that artificial intelligence, all it really, it's just a way of data mining, okay? It's data, it's really, really fast data mining. And the data that it mines is what determines the answer that it gets. So as more and more voices are censored that are on our side that might be, you know, questioning the narrative, might be thinking there's something outside the box, you know, natural alternatives. The more that those kind of articles and websites are censored, the smaller of a percentage there is of those articles out there. So then when the AI goes out there and it's asked a question about how do you heal from cancer? Well, if the cancer websites that are talking about alternative treatments are censored, the artificial intelligence doesn't know about that because it's, it's not, intelligent like we are it only knows it, the only data that it minds is what's available online well so and we're learning also ty that some of the uh, information is being hidden from it as well so that it has right. a biased response when you try to address points of controversy just like in wikipedia of old where they would erase aspects of alternative or natural or integrative medicine solutions uh there is a bias built into the artificial intelligence apparently there is and that's why it looks it looks for majority opinions on answers. And so when the 99% of what it sees about cancer treatments or 95% is chemo radiation surgery, and there's only 5%, then it automatically excludes that as a possibility because it's too low a percentage based upon the data that's out there. So the more it's, it's kind of like a snowball effect, the more the voices are censored, the more AI thinks that side of the, of the uh, uh, coin doesn't exist. And so the information that it begins to spit out becomes more biased. And then that's part of the database that it then looks to later. And it's just a snowball effect that voices that are outside of the mainstream event yeah. eventually are totally eliminated via artificial intelligence. That's one yeah. of the many, many dangers. Well, and I think that uh, we just learned about artificial intelligence through uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson appearing with Dell Bigtree on the high wire. And it was all about consensus. And ultimately he said the individual scientist doesn't matter. 
And I thought, wow, this just feeds right into what I've been saying and many others that this is about collectivism. It's a Marxist philosophy that denies the uh, direct connection and intelligence of the individual, uh, whether it be through scientific endeavor or uh, divine, you know, inspiration, you know, through imagination. How do the greatest things in science ever happen? Not because of group thinking consensus, but people that stood up against the, uh, the, the beliefs in consensus of the day, Galileo, Copernicus. Uh, Ignace Semmelweis, who dared to say, hey, doctors, wash your hands after cutting up on cadavers before you go deliver babies or you're just going to kill babies and, and moms. And, and then in a modern context, Peter Duesberg or, or, or Andy Wakefield and, and so many others, Judy Mikovits, pointing out that the consensus is wrong. And Neil deGrasse Tyson says, hey, the individual scientist does not matter. It's what the majority believe. Yeah, and, that, and that's the real the real issue with with AI is that it creates echo chambers. In other words, just hearing what you're talking about, your position just gets, gets reinforced. That's the echo, right? And so that's what, and that's the problem with the consensus is that, and we're told that we are creating echo chambers, right? The, the Democrats always like say, oh, the Republican, the conservative echo chambers. Now that ain't the ones creating the echo chambers. You know, we've got some serious issues with echo chambers on the other side of the aisle but not just with that, but really the art the whole purpose of artificial intelligence is to create one giant echo chamber where the only opinion is the one opinion that's allowed. Hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. Hey, super D do you got your ears on? Can you come in here? Cause I know, you know, you have strong opinions about the artificial intelligence, the AI and, you know, discussing this, it's not, I'm not throwing you under the artificial intelligence bus, but the concerns that Ty raises in the article is, you know, as well as what I pointed out that the Neil deGrasse Tyson consensus scenario do you see AI promoting consensus opinion to the exclusion to some degree or a great degree of the things that we promote and say and believe? Well, I think it's important that you have to understand that there are different types of AI. AI is artificial intelligence, and there are many different types of AI that are out there, mm -hmm. including the one that everybody's afraid of. <laughs> What, <laughs> which is the AI? which is the uh, the general artificial intelligence, uh, which is the one you know like Terminator level type you know stuff or whatever. Mm. The you know something like ChatGPT, it's a language model, and 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 he's right, you know that it only knows what it's trained to know, right? You know, it's like here's all of this material, here's all of this data, and then it takes that data and then and then puts it together in in a conversational format. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a garbage in garbage out type scenario, which has always been the case with computers. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, chat GBT, listen, I have been using it now for, I don't know how many months have we been talking about this now? Yeah. And it, it is, it, 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 look, every bit of technology has a, has a, has a positive side and a negative side. Right. You know I mean? Think about it. Every time that science comes up with some type of great technology, you got the one side that's like, hey, listen, we could use this to to help with this or we could, you know, take care of this problem or make this, you know, problem situation better, something like that. And then you've always got that Dr. Evil guy that's somewhere living in the middle of a volcano going, hey, we can weaponize this and make this into a new weapon or whatever. Right. You know, so you're always going to have something like that. But and with the chat GPT, we've used it. We've used it yeah. here on, you know, uh, for, for various well, things. You have. I, I'm the unwilling recipient. I know. You wouldn't admit it even if but, you did. But, but no, we, we've talked about it. In fact, <laughs> you've asked it to write poems based on things. And it's very oh, yeah. funny. It's very fun. It's very entertaining, you know. And there are a lot of things that it can do that I think that are positive. 
But I think uh, that you cannot overlook is what Ty is bringing no, up. No, the no, very no. nefarious side of making censorship perhaps more no, efficient. I I a hundred percent agree with you. But we've had this conversation you and I before, and this mm -hmm. is the way that I I look at it. Artificial intelligence. If you look over the past few months, let's let's go back a year from now, uh, before. You know, let's yeah. let's go, get in a time machine. Go back a year ago. Nobody was talking about artificial intelligence. It just there there was no. You know, it wasn't in the news. Nobody's talking about it. If you brought up the topic, people would be like, oh, what is that, robots? Or I don't know, what is that? Yeah. It's like in the last year, less than, I think, suddenly it's just like, boom. You know, it's like everything's AI and everybody's using it. It's in everything and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. The, it's one of those things where I don't think you can put the genie back in the bottle on this thing. Now, they're trying to. Yeah. They're trying to. Yeah. Uh, do you think, and, and this is a question for Ty as well, do you think Bud Light went to chat GPT and say, hey, how can we develop a marketing plan so our, our beer will sell? They should have consulted chat GPT on that one. Somebody messed up there. Did, I was just, I just like minutes ago saw an article yeah. uh, that uh, Anheuser-Busch has lost $3 billion in market value. Dude, I mean, talk about, yeah. that's worse than Chevy, uh, uh, you know, going with the, the name Nova in Central America or South or Mexico where Nova means no go. Right. That's also a taught in marketing <laughs> classes. It's like you think they would have thought this one through unless their intent was to tank their stock value, Ty. Three billion dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah, you got to feel for Transheiser Bush, right? <laughs> uh, Bush. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, Don, I, you know, I agree with you. Uh, it really the AI is kind of a generic term that's used for a whole bunch of stuff. Um, kind of like vaccines are a generic term that are used for, you know, 70 plus different types of injections, let's say, just say. So you, I think it's important. You're right. You got to you got to delineate which type of AI are you talking about? You're talking about your chat GPT that gives you fun forms and, you know, allows you to. Well, and here's the thing. The chat GPT does even way more than that. And my yeah. perspective on it is uh, don't don't jump in feet first uh, and and just ignore the the negative possibilities. Mm -hmm. um that could could come from ai i think you, know, you just have to stay informed keep your head on straight but at the same time uh there are some good things that can be done with it and i i'm i'm, I'm all about finding out you know how can we use it to our advantage mm -hmm. uh why not you know because the thing is it's not going anywhere there's no way that you can take ai and put it back in the bottle it's just it's not going to happen it's there mm -hmm. so now the question is what do you do with it do you hide from it yeah do you run away from it or do you go, you know what, it's here. Let's explore some things that we can do with this that might have a positive effect on society or a positive effect on what it is that we're trying to do and use yeah. it to our advantage and try and counter the negative part of it, you know? Well, I know the the one thing that I, I didn't use it, but you kind of took it upon yourself to do this. I was, you know, before I was going to, I was going to write a nice um, endorsement uh, letter for Jonathan Emord. You know, because obviously I, I sincerely want him to be the next U.S. senator from uh, Virginia. So I was like, you know, and I was struggling with it. I hadn't written an endorsement letter like that. And then you went ahead and said, write an endorsement letter in the voice of Robert Scott Bell for Jonathan E. Moore's run for Senate. And yeah. and, it, and it spat out a, an adequate, uh, you know, very adequate version of like, oh, here's some points that that. But I read it. It was like it, it lacked, for lack of a better way, soul. It didn't it didn't spark. It wasn't the spark of me saying it. It was like trying to imitate through its own, you know, algorithms. And it's adequate to do a lot of things in marketing and things clearly. But I, you know, I went ahead and wrote my own thing, didn't use any of it. And it was more, you know, inspired because it doesn't know the personal relationship I have with him. 
and why I believe what I believe. So in that way, I don't know if there's a tell when we talk about how do you tell if somebody's lying or not? How do you tell if something's artificially intelligent written versus human written? And uh, TMB, again, script writing is something you've been doing. I'm like, if you could turn it over and it's great, it's like, well, I think a lot of people are considering that. And a lot of, a lot of copywriters could be out of a job soon with AI. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible the way that it can string together paragraphs and entire books. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's there, there's certainly there's positives to it. There's negatives to it. It really depends upon the underlying code, because every all AI is, is based upon computer code. Everything that happens is based upon code. So the question is, how is that AI? Was, because because a man created that AI to start with, he coded it and then it went from there. So is the code created in such a way as to exclude minority opinions or is it is it created is it written as to be fair and balanced so it really depends upon which ai engine you're talking about which program are we talking about because it's all computer code so uh that's a good it's a good point to remember don that you brought up is that they're very different there's lots of different programs and uh, you just got to be aware of what you're what you're dealing with now when you when you're if you're asking AI, an AI engine about what happened in the past, you better believe it's going to be uh, giving you the version that's allowed to be to be taught today, because that's all that's going to be out there. Right. Revisionist history is a, is a term for a reason. Yeah. So uh, you, I, think, I think I think you just got to be aware of why are you using it and be aware of the danger. Yeah, just use your head. It's like it's like with most things. It's like with most things, really. It's yeah. use your head. Listen. Do your homework. You know, uh, be a critical thinker. Uh, don't take everything you see for grant for truth. Uh, you know, just just take five minutes. You know, and 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 look into things. And you know, if ChatGPT says something, don't go, oh yes, that is what ChatGPT said. I must agree with it. You know, yeah, do do some do some work. If you're going to take the time to get into there and, and mess around with it, which I have done, mm -hmm. and you know, Robert Robert and I have talked about how some of the things that I've done with it. You know, I, I actually saw it as a challenge. And so in the very beginning, when I first started get, getting into it and playing around with it, I like I, I would ask it about vaccines. Right. And it would give me like the, the, the standard bullet point answer. Oh, vaccines are safe and effective and blah, 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 yada, yada. And so I like worked with it and worked with it and like kept trying to push it into a corner and get it. And eventually I got it to admit that vaccines can't cause injuries and stuff like that. But it took some time because while it does just kind of spit out information that's been trained with at the same time, it also ha has to come to like create logical conclusions based on questions that you're posing to it and basing that, you know, putting that against information that it has. And if you spend some time with it, you really can't actually go through the logical steps of the conversation and the, you know, and stuff. And you can actually get it to eventually admit things that it wouldn't do if you just went with the first thing that it said. So for me, I was, you know, I was getting into it and I was thinking like, what was that movie? Remember war games with yes. the, the talking computer, you know, <laughs> trying to trip it up and trying to get it to do stuff. You can actually do that. And some people have managed to make the chat GPT like, go bonkers uh, and, and do weird stuff and everything like that. So I don't know, whatever smoke coming out of its ears, but you know, your advice, we got to take with a grain of salt there, super D. Cause you know, what did you do to your thumb with a slap chop or whatever the heck you yeah, did? But I didn't consult chat GPT on that. That was human error. Oh, do you think that if you it's, had, it's doing better by the way. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. 
Yeah, he nearly sliced his thumb off the other day, uh, you know, using one of those, uh, what do you call those, uh, mandolin slicers. And it's yeah. funny because we were bringing ours out that very next day to do some stuff. And thankfully, nobody here lost any parts of their. By the way, did your son find your, your thumb in the potato salad? He, uh, yeah, while I was in the bathroom crying like a little girl, uh, he, uh, he had to go and retrieve what was left, <laughs> what I had left behind. And he's kind of traumatized by that, but did you, did, did you just lose it or did they reattach it? No, no, not the thumb. What happened? Well, okay. So, so here, here's, here's the story. My, my wife, fantastic cook was going to mix, uh, uh, scalloped potatoes for Easter dinner. So I got the, the potato, you know, and, and to, to slice it the right way for scalloped potatoes, you have to do it long ways on the yeah. slicer, right? Now, the slicer came with a thing, yeah, you, you know, with spikes that you're potato. supposed to put into a potato, you know, so you don't, what? Cut yourself, right? Exactly. Well, me going, you know, this is really awkward. So like, I'm going to do like the first half of it just like this because I can do it faster. Uh -huh. And then I'll do the second half of it with the thing, right? Uh -huh. Well, you know. I, I guess it went faster than I thought it was going to, and it went slice, slice, slice. Whoa! And uh, so, yeah, it, it 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 sucked. I don't I don't think I've ever cut myself like that before. I've seen the so picture. I, I'm right. I'm I'm missing a piece of of the thumb there, but in the, in in the, in the uh, uh, spirit of Easter, we're resurrecting your thumb. Yeah, uh, restoring it. With <laughs> I didn't go to out. check on the piece of thumb three days later, though. I forgot. Yeah, but in any case, um, I'm using the silver on it. Yes. Silver gel, and it's I'm keeping it, you know, bandaged like it's already starting to heal. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to show shit. pictures of that recovery once it's done so people won't be so grossed out. And of course, Ty and I have never done anything so silly ever. Uh, <laughs> like C for D, he's all alone on this one. Don't eat that potato salad, by the way. Don't eat it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I actually, when I was probably 23, 24 years old, just out of Baylor, mm -hmm. living in Austin. And I was a competitive bodybuilder that I thought I was strong as a horse, literally. Mm. So I actually bought a horse and was going to stable it and, you know, have a horse to ride and just do something while instead of being in the city. Right. So I got to pick up the horse. Horse didn't want to load into the trailer. So I get the horse. I put the rope around the horse's head, put it through the front of the trailer, the rope. And then I wrap the rope around my hand and start pulling oh, no. the horse. Through up in the trailer because I thought I could do it. Stupid. Oh, the horse weighed 800 pounds. Hercules, Hercules. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, none of the Hercules, Hercules. Baby got a little bit of gas. Yeah. Um, so yeah. let's just say the horse didn't want to have anything to do with that. And, and yeah. he got a, he let me pull him as far as he was going to let me pull him. And then he decided he was going to go the other direction. And so he did at will, at which point it ripped the, the uh, rope off my hand and it tore all of the skin from between. Oh my my ears. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, immediately to the, to the emergency room, there was this pulp of my flesh that I had saved. that got ripped from between the fingers oh my that God. They then reattached. Did um, they have to take any skin from your butt? Is there like a handprint on your butt permanent scar? You know, Rob, you're not supposed to tell my secret, <laughs> but Anyway, you can, you can see the scar between these two knuckles, maybe, but yeah. it's it's a pretty deep scar between these two fingers where they put all of the flesh back in and sewed it up. Oh, if we vote on 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 which one was worse, right now I'm I'm I think Ty yours is you win. Yeah, you yeah win. you I, win. Yeah, I thought I could pull a horse in the trailer, and I yeah. certainly couldn't. That's wow. brutal. But yeah, you know these things humble us in life. 
So uh, we tend not to make those same mistakes unless we're really stubborn and, and, and playing stupid on TV, whatever. And uh, as far as I know, Ty, you never did that again. No, I, I fully respect the power of a horse now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, I, you would think that I would have thought by looking at the horse, it's, you know, 800, 900 pounds of nothing but muscle tissue that I probably didn't have a shot against it. But no. I'm How old were you again? What, I was 23, 24. Yeah, dude, we were, we all thought we were bulletproof at that point, yeah. at that time of I our think. lives. Yep. For sure. Hey, look, nice comment here from, uh, from Kelly Burkhart here for you, Ty. You see that? Oh, very nice. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Thank we're going to do it too. Yeah. The remedy is going to be awesome. Um, it's just going to provide so many answers. Dr. Group shared some stuff yesterday. It's just mind blowing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm getting Sayer G here next week and then greg glazer you know attorney the attorney yeah. Greg. yeah so getting him so dr paul thomas we got an interview with paul boy it's gonna be good i'm, I'm really excited about remedy and if you want legal remedy let's get jonathan emord in there for an interview he'll, he'll be happy to sit down wherever he is and do it so just depending sure, on how, where you want to go in terms of remedy because as we we think of remedies rightful remedy what's the rightful remedy yeah. we can ask that about super don's thumb we can ask that about, again, various, uh, you know, injuries due to COVID jabs. And we can ask that about, again, the, the body politic, the abandonment of constitutional, uh, you know, principles, for instance. And I think it's all in play right now. And we're seeing how, just like, you know, my mission, our mission here has always been to, how do we take those principles of life itself and apply them into every area of of life, right? Because we are disintegrated through fear and say, well, you know, that principle sounds great in theory, but it wouldn't work here or here, here, here. Yet that principle is foundational from a, I would say, spiritual or religious even belief perspective. And why would we find, oh, that here's the exception to the rule. And, and as I say that, I, I repeat for those that are very nervous, anytime we speak spirit and religious stuff, it isn't that we want uh, the United States government to adopt one religion over all others, because that's what we ran from. Our ancestors that came to America didn't want that. We want the freedom to, you know, uh, you know, believe, believe as we would believe and, and, and live our beliefs. And that's what, that was lost to some degree, to a significant degree during the COVID lockdown shutdowns and mandates. And again, all of these things are, you know, need, well, let's just say need to be remedied or else it's going to happen again with the next declaration of an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. That's a, it's a great idea. I'll, uh, yeah, let's hook me up with Jonathan. We'll see what we can do. Okay. I think it'd be great. And of course, talking about remedies on the, uh, you know, the, the federal level, should he become U.S. Senator as he's already got plans in place the, the moment he gets into the, into the Senate to, you know, stop the mandates from ever happening again, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so we talk about political remedy as well. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. All right. So what else we got here in the stories? Um, this is coming from natural news by Zoe sky. It says cancers and other diseases are rapidly developing among people vaccinated against COVID-19, uh, according to uh, somebody that they interviewed here. And I've been hearing about this from physicians that are seeing rapid uh, re-emergence of previous cancers that supposedly had been remedied via various means, either holistic or not, but they were gone and suddenly they're storming back or new ones that weren't there coming back after these COVID mRNA jabs. Have you been hearing about that? Is anybody talking about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. As a matter of fact, I can't remember the name. Is it Holt? The is a doctor up in Idaho that's been talking about all the cancer uh, cases that he's seeing the increase. But we're getting this across the board from many different physicians that they're seeing a huge increase in cancers. I interviewed Dr. Thomas Lodi. Yes. Phuket, Thailand. Just uh, was it last night? Two nights ago. 
-hmm. And he shared some interesting things about the way that the spike protein turns off B cells and T cells and it interrupts the communication with the natural killer cells and, and explained why this is happening after people get vaccinated for COVID, why these cancers are being becoming more aggressive. So I don't remember the explanation at this point. I don't want to go into it because I'll get it wrong. But I've got to go. I've got to mine through that interview because Dr. Lodi, as you know, he's a wealth of information, and he goes so quickly topic to topic. I'm trying to write all this stuff down. I'm like, I got to watch this video again because yeah. he's sharing a lot of stuff that I wasn't familiar with the mechanisms why this is happening. But he did share it. So yeah, we're it's definitely it's definitely happening, and now I understand why it's happening. Mm, yeah, Dr. Lodi is a wealth of information. I I've known him since my early years working with the bioactive silver hydrosol. Connected with him through that, he was using it on his patients. Uh, you know, many years, uh, for many years as well. And yeah, he's a great guy. So I'm glad he's participating in this as well. So uh, you know, when we talk about remedies for cancer, I mean, you know, look, you've been reporting on this and writing about it for now. Can we say almost decades? Uh, the question is, will the same things be applicable in regards to what you've learned, for instance, with uh, Tom Lodi talking about, you know, the suppression of B cell, T cell activity? Or do we have to double down and triple down as things we already know? Or are there new strategies emerging? Well, you know, amazing. Some of the things that are really effective at stopping the cancers, but on, not only that, it's stopping the blood clotting and the, you know, the cardiac issues are things that we hopefully are already taking because of their anti-cancer effects such as polyphenols like quercetin or resveratrol or curcumin right all of these things we know they have uh vitamin c vitamin d uh, hydrogen peroxide all these things that we have been talking about for years and years because of their anti-cancer effects yeah and then we started talking about them a couple of years ago because of the anti-covid effects right vitamin C, zinc, H2O2, vitamin D. Now we're talking about some of the same things, but a lot of new stuff as well that I'm not going to share, but a lot of the same things still now have the anti uh, spike protein effects and mm -hmm. will allow your body to detoxify from the spike or stop the blood clotting and so forth. So again, it's like a lot of the same things, but a lot of new things, but we're seeing that God didn't make any mistakes when he made these molecules, right? right, right. They, they don't just work against cancer. They work against spike protein too. And they help you to detox and they stop the coagulation of the blood or whatever it might be. They've got all these a myriad of effects and it's pretty mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. And that's why, you know, as I'm working more with the folium PX, you got the uh, extract of pine uh, parts, the needles, bark and cone and how that is a profound impact against all oxidative stress, including cancer yeah. and radiation, uh, grape seed as well. And, you know, mom's doing so well on this. I, I got to keep giving it a shout out because God bless you, Bobbery, for, for hooking my mom up uh, at 89, you know, back up and at it. She's sleeping better. She's regenerating. She's up to be able to dance, go out and exercise. So, uh, you know, these are the things that if it can help someone at 89, could it help us at any age? Absolutely. And that's what we talk about remedy. I love the focus of this next docuseries. This is so, so very timely. Well, it's just, it's, yeah, it's timely. It's, it's really needed at this point because what we're finding is a lot of people are, they're, they're waking up in droves, which is very encouraging. People are waking up I and mean, they're seeing through the BS and they're like, something ain't right, man. We're getting lied to. And pe everyone seems to be waking up. But now it's like, what do we do now? 
you know, what do we do now for those of us that wish they hadn't taken the shot or what do we know? And it's not just focused on vaccines. It'll be, we'll have a lot of information about vaccines. And that's one of the things I'm excited about Remedy because we're going to go vaccine to vaccine showing what remedies are for different vaccines as well as different preventions and different natural cures or remedies for those diseases that the vaccines are trying to prevent. So it, it, we're really going to be giving people a whole host of options to prevent and or treat if you've been vaccinated and a vaccine damaged. And it's, it's going to be particular to the vaccine itself. So something we've never done before. It's very exciting. I think it's going to be it's timely information. It's going to help a lot of people mm -hmm. and it's going to give people peace of mind and hope. And it, when a lot of times right now, people that are waking up are like they're just blown away. They're like, this is it's like the world's coming to an end. What is going on? But we got to remember to remind people there is hope and here's how you get there. Yeah. Well, it's 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 and it's gone global. Not that we're globalists, but any human being, child of God, however you perceive yourself to be anywhere on the planet uh, is tapping into this. It's happening all over. And, you know, Vera Sharav with her you know docuseries on uh, Never Again has gone global, basically, the history repeating itself with uh, the, the policies under COVID jabs or, or mandatory, uh, you know, treatments, et cetera, around the world. Even here in the U.S., it's just an ugly manifestation of something that we've seen in the past and seemingly not learned from it. Um, other people on a, you know, let's say a, a broader scale around the world, like Dr. Robert Verkirk. I think you've interviewed uh, Rob Verkirk from Alliance for Natural Health. Yeah. He's brilliant. I had him on a couple of weeks ago. They're doing fantastic work in terms of providing remedy as well from a food perspective, a lifestyle perspective. And all of these things are empowering folks that feel pretty much victimized and not sure where to go. And these are the people to me, they're friends and they're heroes because they're speaking out even and especially with scientific validation for which even if you have it, they want to shout you down and shut you down. And precisely if you have science behind what you're saying, and we've got to continue to support those that are out there saying it again, I have a sense that the remedy docuseries is going to be doing some great things here. Yeah. Hope to, hope to for sure. I and mean, Robert Kirk, great guy interviewed him in England mm -hmm. in, London in 2015 when we traveled for global quest. So it's been eight years, but yeah, he was a great interview. Yeah. One of the smartest, kindest guys I've, I've ever met along the years here. And, mm -hmm. uh, got a great first name can't can't complain about that but uh <laughs> good, good great guy good people that were uh bringing to the fore and you've helped to do that tie for so many years you and charlene and i'm so grateful for that um there's uh, other stories uh you know about mainstream media narratives kind of not holding together so well that even these uh let's say arbiters of what's truth and not have strayed from the narrative now. And it's kind of strange when this happens. You're like, is that an anomaly that happened by accident? Or are they really going, uh, we can't keep this thing going, so we got to shift. Here's an article from The Defender uh, by Michael Nevradakis, PhD. Headline reads, BBC veers from official narrative. Reports on AstraZeneca vaccine injuries and lawsuit against the drug maker. It's like these things, I guess, on one level, they can't pretend they don't exist anymore if they're going to be legitimate news organizations at all, even though I dismiss them mostly out of hand. But I acknowledge occasionally there's a story that comes through that we'll utilize, uh, even from CNN, unfortunately. But, you know, here's the thing. They can't contain this anymore. Yeah, and BBC is one of the the, uh, the trust news initiative, right? They're part of the TNI, which is one of the groups that we're suing, along with, you know, Bobby Kennedy's group and several others. Um, but that's okay. It doesn't mean that sometimes the, the truth doesn't slip through. Exactly. So it's good to see. Um, it's interesting. 
BBC veers from official narrative reports AstraZeneca uh, vaccine injuries. In other words, it, ver- it veers from the, tr- the the typical lies and actually yeah. tells the truth. I know. Is, is the, the, the synopsis of the, of the subject. And it's interesting. I think it's because the, the, the number of adverse events and the number of people dropping dead or having myocarditis is just so off the charts now. They don't have any choice but to cover it. They've yeah. got to cover it because there's just it's happening so much. It's not like an isolated incident that mm-hmm. they bury. It's everywhere. And this doesn't mean we're encouraging y'all to run back to the BBC as an arbiter of truth, but we do know how interesting it is that those arbiters of misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation are part of the TNI, as you said, the Trusted News Initiative. And yet their only recourse has been, like we've reported yesterday from the you know the World Vaccine uh, Congress that they had, uh, is to so- find ways to get the governments of the world and regulators of the world to suppress freedom of speech for that which strays from the narrative. Then the question is, will they apply the same standards to BBC that dares to report on le- legitimacy of vaccine injury? Yeah, I and mean, that's a good question. I, did you see the the uh, exchange between Elon Musk and the BBC guy, the video where- Oh, dude, I just saw that this morning. Super D, did yeah. you catch that? It, that it was, was like, it was just a little exchange. I don't know if it's about a minute long where- it's about a minute long. Yeah, and he's trying to nail- uh, uh, Elon for you know on Twitter for it's promoting COVID. what uh hateful messages or Elon destroyed him. Yeah. And he's like, all right, give me an example. Well, I can't give you an example because I don't I don't uh, uh follow you or something. And 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 then he and then he said, But you just said that I am doing this, and he said, Well, I used to follow you. All right, give me an example from then. Oh, I can't give you an example. I mean it's like it's so embarrassing, this BBC reporter. Oh my gosh, just yeah. Elon destroyed him with logic. Yeah. He destroyed him with logic, but that's true. And that's it's the same story that, that I've told you when they interviewed us here, when we first got, when we were first called part of the disinfo dozen, mm-hmm. you know, the reporter said, you're part of the disinfo dozen, you're killing people. And, and, and I asked, well, what's the specific disinfo, right? Didn't know any. And that's the thing. No, they don't have any specific items of disinfo because we're actually sharing the truth. That's just part of the, Bernays name calling campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get somebody at, at the facts. You just call them names. And so that's, or you accuse them falsely over and over and over. And that's what they do. Or you t- attempt to censor them so that they can't be heard. Uh, Carrie's asking, when does the remedy begin? That docuseries, apparently July is the plan for release. July. Yeah, end of July. We'll, okay. we'll uh, it'll, there'll be a big media push up to during July for it. And it'll be the, towards the end of July. But yeah, okay. RSB will be, telling you all about it when we know all the dates, but it, yeah. it'll, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good, big, big release. It's going to, we're going to try, we're going to be on real America's voice, one American news. We're going to be announcing it on some of the major alternative TV uh, channels as well. Yeah. Interesting. And we just started, I don't know if you, you've been told about this, but this uh, Q streaming, uh, which is allowing you access to all all uh, those networks and all the regular networks as well as all of the pay channels, all the pay-per-view for like 60, 59, 99 a month. And we're going to be on that TV platform as well. That may be something TMB we need to connect you with because that'll expand your reach as well. And it's like, wow. I mean, I don't know how they've done it. I'm still scratching my head. It's amazing. You can access everything and yet, uh, uh, you know, kind of bust up the cable monopolies and do it much, much less expensively. So, um, that's another thing as we reach out to new audiences, how do we do that strategically? I think we'll be talking more about that soon as well. Uh, but yeah, there's some cool stuff, really, really cool stuff happening. 
Uh, so as we uh, get closer to the remedy release end of July, early August, we'll definitely uh, be announcing it here and regularly kind of giving you updates to excite you as, as I'm genuinely excited about the next uh, docuseries because anything we can do to help folks, again, this is a big part of this mission to bring the power to heal back where it belongs. And that's with each and every one of you and to not have to be subjugated to regulators with conflicts of interest or governments or otherwise and media as well. And, you know, in the Utah Safe and Effective documentary, we talked about the conflicts of interest between medicine and state, medicine and media, and even medicine and church. So uh, it's amazing. Now, Ty, do you have to run? Was there something early? I don't want to keep you over. I didn't know about it until you announced it earlier. Yeah, yeah. I got to run because I got to get on in just uh, about 10 minutes. I got I to gotta get on with John. Oh, okay. So, hey, say hi to John Stockton for us and uh, tell him he's welcome here anytime. I can't wait to see what he has to say for remedy and uh man oh man what great things are happening and tmb i look forward to seeing you and the family and, and especially again i'm hoping that brianna's gonna be playing locally somewhere in nashville when i'm in town toward the end of the month yeah uh, i can't wait to cheer for her because she's she's amazing yeah i'll find out the schedule and let you know brother okay lots of love big hugs right. to the whole ty bollinger family All right. back at you brother love you man all right. See ya. So uh, as we wrap up uh, this hour of the show and bo and actually both hours of the show, we still got a couple of minutes here. Uh, there's a, another story I want to cover about uh, with a Cal it's California crazy. Um, and it has nothing to do with Michael Bolden because he's in California. He's not crazy. He's as grounded and, and sane as anybody I've ever met and silly and fun as well. But the Sacramento Bee is reporting uh, a story. It's a question by Lindsay Holden in this article or opinion piece. Should California push sexually transmitted disease vaccine for college? A bill in California could mandate it. Can you imagine there? Well, yeah, because it's California, you probably could. That a California lawmaker wants to push more middle schoolers to get jabbed against STDs, particularly the one that they say causes cancer, which I dispute, but we'll put that aside for a moment. Assemblywoman Cecilia Aguar Curry, Democrat from Winters, California, authored a bill that would have added the HPV shot to a list of shots required for eighth grade enrollment, but amendments uh, to her bill uh, have stripped that requirement of eighth graders. So they have to now figure out, well, what do we do? We want somebody to be forced to this because we got to pay back our, our friends at, uh, is it Merck and, uh, you know, AstraZeneca? Who has the other one? It's a Gardasil and Cervix. We haven't talked about them in a while. So the newer version of the bill would instead require the HPV jabs for the University of California and California State University system. So all students wanting to go to California universities would need to get Gardasil or Cervix. I don't know which one, who is lobbied best. And, and uh, I, she says, I'm doing this bill to help kids avoid serious health impacts later in lives from this virus. Well, Agra Curry is dumb as a rock on this subject. I don't know her from Adam, but on this subject, she is like many doctors and scientists as well that should know better that there is no abject evidence that points to a definitive causation of the human papilloma virus acquired maybe at any point in their life and the manifestation of cervical cancer, any more than throat cancer in boys or men. It's a specious claim that is not validated except through, again, the faulty PCR test. They scrape some cells from the cervix that may have uh, cancer cells there as well. And they find evidence that at one time in your life, based on the amplification of polymerase chain reaction tests, that you may have been exposed to PCR, I'm sorry, may have been exposed to HPV. So therefore, we say HPV is the cause of cancer. And kind of like Dr. Batar would always say this about 
every time you see a fire in, you know, in, a, in an apartment or a house, you see fire engines. So you don't know better. You assume fire engines are the cause of the fires in the house. It's just plain stupid. It's, it's, it's leaping before you actually have validation based on theory, based on wishful thinking, based on technology that is not even designed inappropriate, according to its developer, you know, Nobel Prize winner, Kerry Mullis, uh, that that test is not designed to identify causative agents of infection and or, in this case, cancer. But yet they're still promoting this, this, this dangerous nonsense. And, and remember, not the previous, I think one or two, two Sundays ago, maybe three Sundays ago now, we interviewed Chloe and her mother, along with Bobri uh, from Folium Products, about her uh, injury as a, as a preteen or young teenager to the HPV shot. And she suffered for like 10 years since she got the HPV shot. And nothing resolved it. She was given, and if you go back and listen to that, it's a wonderful show, a very a loving, powerful, and empowering show. Uh, if you go back and watch this, you'll see that she was given at one point, here are the options now. We want to undo the damage from the HPV shot. She said, you can go to intravenous chelation, or you can try the folium products, folium PX. She decided, yeah, I want to go to the folium. And she has got a job. She's doing great. She's much better. She's getting stronger. It's just a, a heart heartwarming story. So if you guys haven't looked into the Folium PX, please do. They have the Folium PX, Folium products, and uh, mom's right now on the Folium uh, Relax, which is the third in the series, and she's sleeping better than ever and regenerating, and then there's the folio, uh, Folium Immuno. And I believe this is one of those remedies that you're going to hear more and more about, uh, whether it be for, you know, I can say it because I don't sell it, but cancer uh, and ne a number of things, COVID, jab, or vaccine injury, etc., so I'm glad to bring that to your attention as well. Shout out to my friends at Nutritional Frontiers, of course, uh, our friends with Energy Bits. We have all of these listed as a uh, you know rightful remedies and discount codes for all of that. Come on to robertscatbell.com, sign up for email alerts or what we call the newsletter occasionally. Super Don will get back to it. He's been so busy cutting off his fingers. No, he didn't. His thumb was injured, but he's recovering with silver. We'll talk more about that and anything else you guys want to chat about in the bonus round coming up after this. Thank you, Ty Bollinger. Thank you as well to Dr. John Witcher running for the governorship of Mississippi. We'll support him. I'll endorse him. Absolutely. And uh, remember, the power to heal is still yours. All right. And I mentioned uh, Dr. Robert Verkirk, ANH International. Just got an email from Gretchen DeBeau, who is uh, heading up as executive director of ANH USA. And she says she's uh, transitioning to be on the board of ANH full-time. And Dr. Robert Verkirk will now head up as executive director, both ANH International and ANH USA. Couldn't, couldn't happen to a nicer guy, a better guy. Uh, in fact, and Gretchen's done a great job. Shout out to her and uh, congratulations, Dr. Robert Verkirk for uh, taking over uh, at that level. And I have no, no doubt that it will continue to excel and do wonderful work, both in Europe, England, and uh, the United States, North America, in fact, anh-usa.org. So check that out. And we do get a lot of uh, uh, action alerts from them that we'll pass on to you from time to time. Superdon is one of our resources, the Alliance for Natural Health. Mm -hmm. And they're also big supporters of Jonathan Emore. Jonathan has worked with them on a number of legal and uh, you know political-like issues regarding health freedom, medical freedom, nutritional freedom, et cetera. So a wonderful group worthy of your support. Indeed. So listen, I uh mm -hmm. I looked up this 
Elon Musk BBC thing you were talking about. Did you watch? Did you watch? I had it? haven't had it. Well, no, but yeah. I, I I found this is a clip. I'm gonna go ahead and play it. I'm gonna see it and hear it for the first time here. Um, mm -hmm. it's about a two minute clip or so. All right, of an exchange, yeah, exchange between Elon Musk and this reporter having something to do talking about how Elon Musk is is posting hate speech or hateful yeah. tweets or something like that. Or or and, or semi hateful or partly hateful. We're not sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's check it out. See what happened here. Content you don't like or or hateful. What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I mean you know just content that will solicit a, a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist. Right. Those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if something I, is slightly sexist, it should be banned. I, no, is that I'm what you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying. Well, I'm just curious. What you, I'm, just, I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful con content, and I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more. It, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's but, what I'm asking for examples. Can, right. you, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't. You, I, I, honestly, you I don't. You can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why. Because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore. Because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you and said actually, a lot of people. A lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only. Well, well, I only look well, at hang my, on a second. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example. Not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I. Well, I, then I how did you I, see the hateful content? content? Because I've been I've been using I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. <laughs> okay, so then you must have at some point seen that you for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right, and you I'm, can't give a single one. And, and, and I'm saying, I, then I, I say so that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed, you just lied. What no, no. What I claim was uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has on my Give me feed one or example. not, I mean, I, right? And Literally, if you look at someone one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, U in the UK, they will say that. So they, look, it's, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right, and as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know? Let, that I don't you, think you, this is getting anywhere. You literally said yeah. you experienced more hateful content, and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I that's absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then how would you know this hateful weeks. content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have, we only have a certain amount of time. Um, well, that's the point I'd say that's great. Now, now with that said. Yeah. Okay, let's 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 um let's let's be real. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh is there hateful content on Twitter? Of course there is. It's Twitter. I mean, it, you cannot find a platform on the internet that's going to have more negativity in my opinion than Twitter. Okay? I'm sorry. It's the truth. Now, could I give you a perfect example? Uh, no, I can't. I can't sit here and go. I can give it, but you know what? If I went on Twitter right now, I could find all kinds of examples for you. He caught that guy off guard. Well, okay. I mean, how off guard? I mean, if you're doing a piece like this, and he says he should, he, you're right. He should yeah. have been way more prepared than he was. But and dude, and it, Elon Musk took him to task, and and that guy deserved everything he got. Right, but you think about if he was a serious uh, journalist, BBC or no BBC, 
uh, if he said, well, I stopped looking at your feed like three or four weeks ago, but I had to watch it the entire time you were running it, Elon. When yeah. You over. yeah. I mean, that's a, what a year of, of, of tweets. And you would, you couldn't think of one, one. Yeah. That, that, was, <laughs> that was embarrassing. That guy should be fired even for see yeah. based on his incompetence. Dude. But see, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, I, it's driven me nuts how there have been people that will go on Twitter and they'll be like, oh my gosh, there's people that are insulting people and they're, it's Twitter. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know, you, you if you go to a, a, a mud fight, you're like, oh, I can't believe that I've got mud on me. Well, you walked in, you're, you're participating. You know, you should go into it knowing what it is you're getting yourself into. And it's not like, you know, Twitter, it's like some, some mystery I mean, yeah, it's one of the one of the most negative uh, social media platforms out there that I have ever been a part of, and yeah. it, it has changed some. It used to be way worse. So, right. in my in my opinion, mm-hmm. it's not as bad as it used to be. And you know the reason why? It's kind of all the the screaming libs and stuff like that left. Yeah. Okay. Where a lot you of know, it's coming from. But you know, of course, they would say that it's a terrible, horrible place. And why? It's because we're we're dealing with differences of, of ideology, ideology, you know, yeah. and political that, leanings. If you, so. if you disagree with a liberal, you are hateful. Yeah. Now that's. Yeah. What but you know what? Listen, don't you don't go on Twitter to get into a debate or an argument with somebody and expect that you're going to leave unscathed. That's just how Twitter is. That that's just what it is. Yeah. You know, if you can't deal with it, then don't don't go there. Yeah. You know. Put on your hey, your pants, your big hey, boy think, pants, and I think I see Michael Bolden's back from the Tenth Amendment Center. It's, yeah, he's not going to be able to make it for Friday. Not at all. Come on, no. I give you options: tomorrow morning, tomorrow <laughs> afternoon, tomorrow evening. He texted me just a few minutes ago. So. Damn it, he's a right, busy who, guy. So we'll who, have him back on the twenty eighth. Who wants to record with me tomorrow for Friday? Nobody. Somebody. Nobody wants to raise your hand. Me. Volunteer. <laughs> Because I, you know, I want to put two hours. I've already got an hour of the show done for Friday. I'm like, it's a travel day. I'm going, you know, to officiate yep. the uh, a memorial service for Ruth Quinto, uh, the mom of uh, the the Quinto boys uh, at Natural Immunogenics on on the weekend. So uh, I really want to put out new content. And and in fact, there's an amazing interview with uh, Shai Danon uh, from Israel on the ground in Israel, and I I think it's very impactful. You know, for those of you who are like hate Israel people, you got to separate out the government from the people. Once again, just like we have to do here in America, because uh, does everybody in, in your government in America, much less Canada or other, does it represent your views? Have we seen, what did I mention also uh, in, in the hour? I think I mentioned it, was it with uh, Dr. John Witcher? Uh, all of the, the uh, let's say, warlike kinetic in, 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 interventions around the world without a declaration of war, did that represent every American? No, I mean, a lot of people, again, you're patriotic, you want to support your country, of course, it's not. we're not anti-American, we hate America, but recognizing that since World War II, the only uh, military actions that have been undergone have not involved a declaration of war in the House of Representatives. And I think that matters for those of you that care that there's a constitution, or do you think, well, if it's inconvenient, then the constitution should be discarded or, or erased or ignored? And, and so the, the majority of them, maybe you can argue all of them, were various forms of United Nations police actions, you know, under globalist authority, under the guise of its pro-America. I mean, granted, yes, there are some things that are helpful to people in America, but if we had a strong policy of independence 
for instance, uh, you know, utilizing our technological prowess and innovation in the free market to pull energy out from underground under us right now all over America. We have an ability to be energy independent. But again, the globalists have infiltrated both the Democrat and Republican parties, by and large, with few exceptions. And so there you, know, you can't be a legitimate environmentalist unless you're a global warming aficionado or, or a climate change aficionado. You can't argue against toxic uh, you know, or toxicological burdens as a legitimate form of environmentalism, which can be addressed with advances in, you know, how we utilize these substances and producing less and less toxic effluent, so to speak, whether it be airborne, waterborne, or otherwise. So we, we realize that the environmental movement, as it's uh, exhibited or manifest in the primarily the leftist uh, religion, is, is Marxism. It's not, it has no concern for the environment. If it did, there would have been a global rally to stop these derailments of trains all over America, including the one in East Palestine, Ohio, where we had crickets from the so-called environmentalist movement. All they care about is the ability to shut you down and lock you down in your home so you can't use energy because your very utilization of energy is causing some kind of climate change. Despite the dispute among many scientists, of course, then you get consensus science. Neil deGrasse Tyson would say, well, the majority believe it, so it must be so, as if democracy is the ideal form of government to protect the rights of the individual. It is not. It runs roughshod over them to uh, oncologists and a homeopath voting on how to treat your cancer. You know you're getting chemo. Majority rule runs roughshod over the rights of the individual where only rights exist in the individual, not in groups, or not voted in or out via a, a, a majority consensus. That's why science by consensus is, is, is absolute. It's absolutely retarded. Yep, I said it. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. Take that, you said. Neil deGrasse, whole Tyson. <laughs> um, when do you want to record tomorrow if I can find you somebody? Oh, okay. In the morning? Uh, hold on. I'm, I'm checking it out. Stand by, stand by. We're in okay. bonus round. We can do this. Y'all bear with me. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, I, I can do uh, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. No problem, if that works. That would be ideal. Okay, we'll see. See what we can do. Okay, but yeah. If nothing else, you and I can do something, bro. Yeah, but you you got the hour with Shy right? Ready for, for Friday. I haven't downloaded it yet, okay. but it's there. And, and the thing is, yeah. I was only able to get them on for like half of the hour, and, and then it's just me riffing. From that moment on, uh, you know, about well, some of these issues that I think are near and dear to most of us in terms of, uh, you know, foreign interventions, domestic interventions, et cetera, you know, principles of why we would go to war or why we would denigrate others. I mean, it, it was uh, I was really motivated and inspired by the conversation we talk about from the heart. You know, I'd ask people that have strong opinions one way or the other about the Middle East and Israel. Pay attention to that interview on Friday, on Friday's broadcast. It's all new. It's all new. And then we'll do whatever else Super Don can find for me. Uh, and we'll put that in the in the bag. Tomorrow, Jonathan E. Moore scheduled to be back. Uh, can't wait to hear some more stories from the campaign trail as well as other principled discussions. Uh, do we have any other guests scheduled for Thursday? I think so. Hold on. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we oh, had somebody yeah. else. Shane, Dr. Huh? Shane and Liz Watt. They're, they're putting on oh, the yeah, uh, uh, Be Healthy Utah event. The uh, 21st and 22nd, that's the, not this Friday and Saturday, but next Friday and Saturday at uh, 
Mountain America Convention Center in Sandy, Utah, basically Salt Lake Valley. And I'll be there uh, broadcasting live as well as lecturing uh, right after the show on that Friday. And I would love for you guys. To, have we got any requests for free tickets yet? I've got some not that I've seen. Okay, no. Remember, if you want to attend that event, let Super Don know. Ask RSB at gmail.com. Or else I'll just give it away to my friends. It'll be nepotism or whatever. Nope. No requests. So what did you want them to put in the headline or the, the something about your ticket, ticket, free ticket or something, uh, so you, ticket to ride. Something. Okay. Tickets, the key word that super Don will be looking for in, uh, the subject line. If you send ask RSB at gmail.com, if you want to attend that event for free and we'll, uh, get you, get you plugged in. I want to see you there. Come on, drive in, fly in, walk there. If you're close, whatever. I'd uh, love to see you there. Did you see what? That we have got next week, uh, Ginger Taylor booked on Friday. So the day I will be next week, Friday will be the broadcast from Be Healthy Utah. Correct. Okay. So that's a live broadcast uh, from there. Don't book any other guests because I want to interview a lot of people locally. That's a Kevin thing. Well, let's let Kevin know. No more guests for next okay. Friday. I'll have okay. Ginger on because she's awesome. She she you know sent us an email about what she's up to. And then she sent me a text and it said, Hey, da, 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 da. I'm like, hey, of course I said, you had me at, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you had me at, Hey, yeah. said the horse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, that is all I've got. All right. What else we got here? Uh, had against little bluebird. I'm just looking at Chris is in the chat room chiming in on a lot of stuff. Dell verbally kicked Neil DeGrasse. Neil's DeGrasse. Yes, that's cute. Exactly. Lori volunteers. You see that? Volunteered what? To to, to be on the show to record. Oh. Okay. Lori Harvey. So even if it's not the full hour, I don't care. Just whatever. That's fine. We can mix and match off some guests. Some of our, right. some of our uh Patron super fan. I've got a couple of requests out there, so let's. Um, either way, we'll get Lori on the show because yeah. I know she's talked about coming on, Absolutely. and we she's been on the show before. Be, yeah, I've had her on. I think um, on remotes, right? Yeah, yeah, but we'll yeah, Lori, we'll we'll get you on. If we don't get you on uh, for Friday, we'll get you on soon. Now, I, I wanted to post it uh, for those of you that saw. Did we play it during the show, or was it in the bonus round? Uh, my interview with Harold from uh, Nigeria, who we were hanging out in. in uh, we did that in bonus time yesterday or day before. So, yeah. folks, if you missed it, it's about a seven-minute interview. This weekend when I went to uh, Denver with my wife, had a lovely Easter weekend, and just ran into the, uh, this old friend that uh, we were hanging out on the beach, Buswa Beach in Ghana. And all the times I've told this story, so many times Super Don would probably get sick of me saying it, about going to Africa, meeting with the doctors there and saying, get rid of the, the medicine to the white man and go back into the bush and save the medicine of your ancestry. And here was one of those guys I talked to and he just showed up. It's like big hug. So excited to see me. I was excited to see him. I was like, my gosh, I got to ask you these questions because I have a memory of it. I want to make sure I've been accurately describing it. And it was more than I remembered. So you guys want to watch that and super D I want to make sure we can put it on social media. Can we upload it to Twitter and Instagram? And I know mm -hmm. Facebook and things. Because it's kind, of, it's just cool. It's really cool. 
And in that thing, you actually did use artificial intelligence, not to change anything that was said, but the room I was in was small and very echoey. So it was a deep echo and you were able to modulate that. Although I noticed after the fact that it wasn't perfect. um, And I don't know why exactly that is, but I do use there. There's a service that I use um, that uses AI that will take really bad audio or even like just, you know, uh, it'll clean it up. Marginal audio. And, and it will convert it and change it to like studio quality. And I use that quite a bit, yeah. actually. Um, so, what, you know, there's that. What and, do you think it didn't do well? Was it was it garbled at some point? A little bit, yeah, here and there. I mean, it wasn't terrible, right. but it, it definitely, it you know, overall, it was, a, it was an improvement on what the original audio was. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's just, you know, the AI thing, I understand the concerns about sure. it. And those things need to be addressed, but you know, it's like with anything else, you know, we're, we're in a tech technological age. Uh, we just are, you know, it all started, you know, back when we were kids really. Um, and it's just gone bonkers, yeah. you know, and, and the, the pace of technological advancement, it grows exponentially. Yeah, That's just how it works. And it's you know, I mean, you can try and resist it. You can, mm-hmm. and you know, well, look, do what you want to do. It's all good. Nobody is is putting a gun to your head and saying you must play around with Chat GPT or something. You know, it's like nobody's making you do that. Um, How long will it be but, until they do? You know, it's it's like for me, and it's just my own personal mm-hmm. choice. Uh, I embrace it, and I try and find the positive in it sure. because it's not going anywhere. It's here you, uh, you can't make it go away you, you know you embrace it and look what happens to your thumb oh, whatever <laughs> hey uh, uh, leslie has a new episode of stay at home mom yeah that published uh this morning do we have any insight as to what she's covering pet peeves pet peeves oh my gosh leslie yep. brings it speaking of bringing it bring some organic pie to the <laughs> she's gonna make some to the uh family union of the robert scott bell show and that'll be in July uh, at the uh, the Goody Family Homestead. And I hope that you'll be there. I think we've got some really cool folks that are committing to show up at this event. You know, live music, health uh, presentations, homesteading demonstrations. Dude, what an awesome, awesome time. We can have a, a great weekend together. And I believe right after that will be the uh, Maho event in Columbus, Ohio. I don't know if you added that to the upcoming events tab. Uh, well, have you looked? No, at I haven't actually. Yeah, I'm going to go to the upcoming events tab. Let's let's go through that because it keeps growing. The list of things keeps growing. I think I'm caught up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I can't keep up with it. But uh, got online events. There's Be Healthy Utah, 21st, 22nd. There's the American Health and Freedom Summit and Expo. Uh, Dr. John Witcher, who you all just met, if you haven't met him before, will be at the event and presenting, uh, as well as Judy Mikovits, Brian Hooker. Um, Terry and Stu Warner, of course, hosting us. So many cool people. Oh, look at this. Doctors for Dr. Moore, a Utah State Health Summit, May 20th. And uh, he's asked me to MC it, and I think I'm going to do it. It looks like I am. I want to put it up there. But look who's going to be there. Dr. Stella Emanuel, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Chris Shoemaker, Dr. Henry Ely, Dr. Margaret Aranda, and Nicole Siratek. We've had a, uh, let's see, let's see, one, two, three, Four out of six of them, I think we've had on the show so far. So that's cool. You want to look at? We've had Stella Manuel. Yeah. We've had James yeah. Thorpe. Shoemaker. I don't think we've had. We've had Henry Ely. Henry. Henry Ely. Yeah. We've had. Have on. We had Dr. Margaret Aranda on. 
I want to say we have. Yeah. I think we have. And Nicole Sirotek. I think we have. And Sirotek. Yeah. So that's five out of Not six. Not bad. And uh, it looks like yep. it's at medicalcensorship.org where you can register for that event. And okay. uh, there's a Give, Send, Go link. Stand for Dr. Moore. He's the hero that said, I'm not going to give the jabs to the people that requested it that wanted something else. So, uh, the federal government. Where did you see the, uh, the internet? The, oh, it's in the that URL. red banner. Uh, oh, um, okay. Yeah. Good. I didn't think there was a link. So, it's just a banner. Medicalcensorship.org. I'll link, I'll link that after we're yeah. done here. So. And then we have Advanced Medicine Conference, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, that's May 27th through 29th, St. Louis, Missouri. We the Patriots USA National Conference 2023. That's June 2nd and 3rd. Uh, that's Boise, Idaho. And we got the Goodies Farms Homestead, RSB Family Union, July 14th through 16th. Maho Summer Splash, July 21st through 23rd. That's the health food store organization for the Midwest. Great people. Uh, we have the Las Vegas Biomed Expo, September 14th through 17th. And we got Health Freedom Expo, woohoo! Uh, October uh, 14th and 15th of this year, 2023. And we may have another Utah event. Uh, my friend Kristen Chevrier uh, might be like the week before or two weeks before it even, uh, the Health Freedom Expo. We'll see about that as well. So we may have more to add to the mix. So, so that's it. You're right. right. That's it's everything. Full. We could do a great concert t-shirt again. Where is Steve Feld, my long-lost pal? <laughs> yeah, I haven't talked to him in quite a while. Yeah, he's, been out, he's been off you know, the reservation or whatever you call it. He's been hiding. He's busy. Yeah, busy guy. Look at this. I'm seeing uh, pr uh, proponents... Uh, that but like both Trump and Kennedy, suggesting that Trump should run with Kennedy as his running mate. <laughs> How about that? A Trump Kennedy ticket, a Republican Democrat crossover. Well, the thing is, as you know, there's a lot in the Republican Party that want to reject Trump outright, don't want to see him run. Obviously, Dems don't want to see him run, or if they do, they think they can beat him easily. And there are a lot of people that don't want to see Bobby Kennedy run as a Democrat. So it'd be a renegade party then. I don't know what. RFK Jr.'s opinion of Trump is. Yeah. Do you? Um, I, I I think it's tempered and measured. I'm probably sure he's not a big fan. I don't know that he would run with yeah, Trump. I don't, think I, don't know that, that, I don't think that would happen. But I know he appreciates certain things that Trump did because he, you know, they have yeah. agreements in some things. So yeah. we have to talk to Del Bigtree about the strategy session they probably have had already. They're having their big announcement April 19th at, uh, where are they going? Nathaniel Hall or something? In, in Boston. I don't know. Yeah, there's actually an event link to that. Events.teamkennedy.com. And I don't know. I think you can request tickets to it for five bucks or something if you want to be there for that historic event. That'd be something. Diana says I could go for the that. The Trump Kennedy ticket. How interesting is that? That would really bust things up, wouldn't it? I like the disruptor. I like the disruption. I think it's a good thing for both parties. Breaking 911. What's going on here? Explosion and fire at Texas dairy farm cure, kills nearly 20,000 cattle and critically injures one person. What? Yep. Uh, let's see here. On Monday. That's a big explosion Monday. to kill 20,000 cows. Unless they're on all in one building. Factory this farm. is old. Oh, it is? For whatever reason. Apparently, this happened on Monday. But mm -hmm. anyway. A dairy farm in Dimmit, Texas, experienced an explosion and fire that resulted in the death of at least 18,000 cattle. That that would likely be a factory, a CAFO farm, because you got to have them packed in. That's a lot of cattle. 18,000 yeah. in an explosion. Well, I mean, just imagine, you know, it's it's one of those uh, those things. It's a dairy 
farm. Yeah. So all of those cattle, I hate to say this. Mm. I mean, it's just terrible to think about, but they were all probably all in the, uh, you know, the, the pens yeah. where they can't move with all the tubes stuck to right. them and all that kind of stuff like that. And boom. Horrible. You know, horrible. Yeah, that sucks. Diane says Trump emord. Emord for 2024. Let, let's get emord in the U.S. Senate first. <laughs> baby steps yeah. baby steps how do you eat an elephant yeah i would rather have emord at the top of any ticket because of you know his knowledge of the constitution but that's just me i know there's still some big trump fans out there and um you know we look at each individual policy that they you know agrees disagree agree you know weigh it all out and then then decide so all right well let me know if we can get somebody to record tomorrow morning with me for friday show okay. i'd love that and then we'll be we'll be good to go. Now, what about Monday? That's a travel day. I haven't even thought about that, have I? Monday show? I don't know. Monday. Yes, it's uh, the seventeenth. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's marked as a travel day. Okay. All right. Monday the seventeenth. So you've got uh, the fourteenth. Mm-hmm. We'll have a new. But we all, uh, again, the plan is to have all new content right. Monday and seventeenth. Right. So now you're gonna be you're gonna be at the memorial for Ruth Quinto. Yes. Yes. Um, so obviously you will not be doing interviews there. <laughs> so yeah. how do you feel? Right. Um, okay. Yeah. We'll figure something out. We may do an encore that Monday then. Okay. We'll talk about it, figure it out. Let's see. What else do we have coming up? Ginger Taylor, as you said, next week, we got be healthy Utah. Oh, our AMA, yeah, you know, AMA I- the 24th, Monday evening, the 24th. 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, Monday the 24th of April. For those of you who are patron supporters of Robert Scott Bell Show, would like to be as little as 5 bucks a month. You can plug in behind the scenes and do Zoom once a month with us. And there's a lot of bonus stuff that you get being part of that support yep. system for us. Thank you. Okay. Great show today with Dr. John Witcher and Ty Bollinger and all of y'all. I mentioned the Q streaming to Ty. We need to get him some information on that. Yeah, and I think we may be getting somebody on officially uh, to talk about that, okay. which would be a little bit different topic than what we usually talk about. But it's um, in terms of media and outreach. It's still have you, have you got have you gotten the, uh, the the stick thing yet? No, not yet. Okay, I'm waiting on that because that's that's going to be the tipping point probably for me. Yeah. Um, but you know the it's idea easier. of being able. I'm a TV watcher. Mm-hmm. Yell at me if you want to. How dare you, uh, Super Don? Watch. Oh, you're wasting time. Well, I can tell you it has not diminished your critical thinking skills. So whatever you no. say about it making you dumb, called it idiot box for you, Super D, you, you're doing all right. Hey, I'm too old to care. <laughs> but uh, if you happen to be a TV watcher and you like watching stuff on TV, like movies or documentaries or whatever, and you're, you're paying for cable, mm-hmm. This this service, which you know, like you said, I mean, I'm still scratching my head on it too. Going, these guys are are I don't know how they figured out how to do this. Track the code. It's a subscription so service. It costs you sixty bucks a month, which is less than most cable, you know, full service, you know, cable mm-hmm. channel things that you can sign up for. Yeah. Um, and you get like way more 
than what you would get with cable, including all the channels and stuff like that that you normally would have to pay extra, extra for. Pay channels and um, all the HBO, Showtime, Cinemag, blah blah blah. And the paper you know, view. sports packages and all that stuff. It's just it's insane. And I've tested it out, and it works. Pay, it's real. It's legit. Even. Yeah. Now the pay per view, I haven't tested. Okay. It. Um, I haven't had a chance to, but um, that that is just another amazing thing as well because you know a typical pay-per-view mm -hmm. you know i mean depending on the event you know you can spend you know 60 70 bucks 80 bucks on a on a pay-per-view event and apparently those are part of the package as well so in any case you have ordered one of those remote stick things yeah. you know like a fire stick type thing where you plug it into your tv and it has a remote and you can like change the channels and that for me is kind of like that, that's what i'm waiting to, to see yeah and if 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 that's working good for you, then I'm going to pull the trigger on that for myself. Okay. So sounds good. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Anyway, there's a banner on the website if you guys want to check it out. Y'all have anything in the chat room? A lot of people are interested in Trump and RFK as a ticket. Again, that why not? Hey, look, fantasize away. Well, have fun with this. Might as well have fun while we're here. Right? I don't think it's going to happen, but it sure is fun to think Absolutely. About. Uh, DJ Katie would say, I like that DeSantis with RFK on a ticket. Mm, yeah maybe mm -hmm. i don't know you know i mean listen you've it's got to be something where you'd be willing to compromise uh on an environmental uh yeah yeah and thing with rfkg look I, I believe because that's important to him yeah you know? it is and i'm just thinking you know with the intellectual integrity that bobby kennedy has you know you can you can discuss and debate and he's not going to run away or scream at you i mean there's because the thing is if he tried you know if he uh you know, if he was running for president and, you know, he's, he's got environmental issues, street cred. Yes, he does. And I don't think he'd be willing to sacrifice that. So, mm -hmm. well, so good point. That is a point anyway. of contention. Anyway, it's like playing fantasy football, right? <laughs> yeah. Which I don't do. So I don't know about you. Don't, but, yeah, I, don't but I, I like the idea of just, Hey man, imagine the craziest things you want. Just why not? Have fun with uh, the imagination. That's a gift from God, too. So, all right. Thank you all for being here. Thanks for sharing the show. Uh, please consider becoming a, a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show. You can now pay annually as well as monthly if you want, but as little as five bucks a month uh, gets us a, a lot of support. We really appreciate it. And the AMA coming up the 24th, on Monday, the 24th of April. That's our next one, 12 days from now when this airs live, which is airing live today, right now at 12, 12, 1, 4, 12. Yeah. April 12th. All right. So back tomorrow. Okay. And uh, until then, you guys have a good day.